So, hello and welcome to Mechtrospective, the mecha podcast where we cover everything from Astro Boy to Mazinger Z. I'm Tooch. I'm Devin, and uh, here we are floating uh, in space. Again. Again. Uh, A lot of the things we watch make us do that. They do. They do. <laughs> uh, here, here we are. Uh, at the tail, at the way end of Zeta Gundam, before we get into any of the uh, spoilers or synopses, just w- do you see why I love Zeta Gundam so much now? Uh, no, for sure. Honestly, I, Zeta Gundam, like, yeah, I've seen a lot of uh, mecha anime at this point, and I've seen a good chunk of Gundam, and even Universal Century Gundam, and and Tomino works, uh, several Tomino works, not as much as I uh, plan to in the near future, but, um, I'm starting, I'm, like, this one in particular is is what made me start to really see the through-line uh, of Tomino's work, and by that I mean see the tears of time. Um, it's uh, honestly like I again, and honestly, well, I'll I'll get into this, but my like my my main thesis for this show was like I I feel like it does a lot of the same things to like hook in an audience that like m- m- modern live action drama in the West tends to exclusively do these days, but uh, obviously like for the most part better written uh but honestly even a lot of the gender stuff <laughs> made me think about how bad the gender stuff still is in our in our, in our larger broader world media today i i'm um, gonna say just on the on the topic of that because we'll definitely get into that when uh when two characters show up and uh because they're that's pretty much the first major story arc involves both reko and rosami the most controversial women in, in tomino's entire uh over mm-hmm. and uh I'm just gonna say I think this show is pretty progressive for like 1985, with with some exceptions. But I, I it's it's so inconsistent because you have characters like Emma and Fa who are like incredibly well done, but then you have like even four, and then you have like yeah. Rosamie and Rekoa, and especially some of the the back half of Rekoa stuff. Like I like her arc as a whole, but like I there wish it was written better. There, there definitely is as a, a, a spectrum of, of of quality in in the women, uh, which I guess is more than you can say about most shows that usually only have like, and I just mean like, fiction in general. You'll usually have like maybe three women, one of them dies, and then uh, both uh, are just bad. I, I was I was going to bring up Yamato like I always do because Yamato has Yuki in her entire identity is just hi i'm a woman yeah her real saving grace was she didn't do much uh (laughs) (laughs) so they didn't they didn't uh it's like well if she doesn't get up to nothing she can't be a problem (laughs) uh i i can't hey you you can't (laughs) you can't call someone's character writing bad if they never write the character tap his head three times (laughs) yeah Um. yeah that's so but i i just say like i would rather something I would rather a character like Emma exist than a character like Yuki, but like, mm-hmm. I mean, honestly, what I'll say is, what I'll say is, for anybody on the fence about about dedicating their time to fifty episodes of an anime, uh, which I know is so hard to do, um, like, there's a lot going on in this show, and I will say, like, for better or worse, that shit is pretty isolated in the grand scheme from from all the good shit. All the good shit syncs up really well and there's the, there's a nice forward momentum to this series but it just has some weird 
uh, mostly out of nowhere for not a lot of payoff. Uh, I guess I'll call them uh, hetero speed bumps. <laughs> um, but you know, just fucking it's 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 fine. <laughs> just, it's good. I like it. I like this show overall. Um, I the, the second opening hits, and uh, after the last episode, Hoshizara no believe hits quite differently. Oh, yeah. I, I, I always that's that's what I always associate Hoshizora no believe is just the horrific events of two, of the final two episodes and suddenly Hoshizora no believe kicks in. Uh, so it's a it's a soothing but also stinging balm on on the wound. It 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 really really is. The so, hurt means it's working. <laughs> so let's segue quickly into uh we have uh so let's 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 talk in order of characters i think i know you in order of which i know you're more excited to talk about so first of all let's talk about Helmon. oh my god that's my wife um because she actually finally gets to do things in the in in a lot of things (laughs) devin this has been a bit the devin this has been a year of Another good female character in Zeta Gundam, Haman Karn. This has been a year of self-discovery for for me, and one of the many things that I've found on my personal journeys. Uh, I I really fucking like Mean Girls. (laughs) No, there's nothing better than, like, a a mean anime lady. Oh, she's so good. I fucking love her. And honestly, like, half the time, half the shit she does is, like, dumb and corny. (laughs) (laughs) Half of my screenshots are like, God, I wish, I wish this show was, I almost wish this show was the type to have smears. I would, uh, like, (laughs) I would still be watching the finale because I would have had to rewatch the whole series and just pause on every Haman smear. (laughs) Man, one thing I I absolutely love about Haman is just her, her open hostility to pretty much everybody around her that isn't Mineva. She, yeah, she is... She is... Like... She's like a fucking Terminator. Like, she doesn't actually... She doesn't actually have, like... Any kind of, like... so Like, social life or fucking, like, hobbies or interests. She is on the clock 24-7. She lives her life as a stone-cold conniving bitch that she yes that is her full-time job <laughs> it's so extra i love it and while she's like while she she's would... honestly being like as far as we saw on screen like a relatively fine guardian like we don't see anything too questionable but like the 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 big picture of her relationship with Mineva is very questionable in terms of like how much do you actually care about this child yeah for sure i mean like i think it's i i, I think I, I, I think it's hard to like it's it's hard to know how emotions like 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 love and attachment even work for somebody who's like so bought into a totalitarian dictatorship uh and 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 like that that you would stick with it and be and like dedicate the rest of your life to bringing it back after it lost a war like and almost everybody is dead except for a child like i think to be the kind of person who has to go no yeah i this is something i want to do uh i don't know if you know what love is Uh, (laughs) i think char has a firmer grasp a grasp on the concept of love than haman does and that's not saying a lot (laughs) 
I am honestly like it's so in character for him, but I'm so disappointed that like he just never fucking he never really spilled the tea about Haman, huh? Nah, I he know really he's did. got it, Devin. He, he has, has he so has much tea, tea on Haman. No, because Char Aznable would spill the tea, but Quattro Bagina wouldn't. Quattro Bagina's dead. <laughs> Quattro Bagina is dead. Um, so let's let's. I guess we're already in spoilers without even a warning. But you're on the you're you're listening to the fourth part of like a multi-episode series about a show. You should be starting out a part one. For sure. Uh, Haman just gets to do so much, though. Like, every single scene with Haman is, like, buff clan levels of extra. It's amazing. She honestly is. I I, th- <clears throat> I choose to believe her design and aesthetic is, like, a direct Ideon reference. Like, like not a, not in a direct way, like, but, but I just mean aesthetically. Like, he wanted a character who looked like an Ideon character. He was like, I like how these, I liked how the buff clan looked. I'm gonna make a lady that looks like a buff clan. Yeah, Haman would be, Haman would be, like, an enemy of the weak. Or she'd be, or she'd be, like, one of the uh, one of like Harulu's many like multicolored badass lady henchmen. She would make it to be invoked. <clears throat> she would make it to be invoked. She 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 would be the one be she'd be like the one who should. I don't want to spoil be invoked. <laughs> please watch Sp- uh, please watch Space Runaway Adion. Please watch Space, Ru- Space Runaway Adion. I was about to drop a spoiler, but I caught myself. Usually I would have beeped it, but I caught myself in advance. <laughs> oh boy! Oh boy! But you know um, what I'm talking about. Yeah, for sure. And uh, I my one of my favorite Haman moments. I have a couple, and I'm gonna break down my top three. My first n- number three is when she flies by the bridge of the Argama with the Cubile just to flex on Char specifically. Yes, for she, no other reason. So good. Um, let me open my simp folder. <laughs> um, my my second favorite Haman moment is uh, how. She was fully prepared to, like, poison gas fucking Jared and and uh, Yamatov to death, and then merely this, like, side rolls out of the way. It's, it's, it's literally, like, six frames of her side rolling. She doesn't even fully clear the carpet she's kneeling on. <laughs> <laughs> and my, my favorite Haman moment is um, when her and Char are arguing, and Char is just like, so, or, uh... What if we just immediately declare war on you? And she would, and then she pretty much says, "Oh, I'll just start nuking the Earth from orbit. I don't give a fuck. Yeah. <laughs> a total, a total nuclear attack on Earth." It's her freezing. Uh, my favorite moment was when she called Kotz a damn rat. <laughs> um, also, when she she says, "Shut your mouth, vulgar boy." Um, that's a great thing to hear Haman Karn say. Uh, specifically uh, about Kotz Kobayashi? Yes. Uh, and then also, uh, looking down at, uh, I forget who it was. Oh, Shirako. Looking down at Shirako kneeling before Minerva and saying, the world also has clowns like this man. Yes. That's the, there's some choice Haman moments. Haman is great because I, I think... Aside from, like, Yamato, she is, like, a pure evil character, but in, like, such a, like, in such, like, a space opera, like, frickin'. She's lawful evil. She's, like, so theatric. She is, she is playing the game. And it's, like, I feel like her and Shirako just get infinitely more extra when they're near each other, because they have to be the most extra person in the room, so they're both going at, like, 20, like, they're both putting on, like, a 20. 
it's it's like it's like theater kid drama like fuck like these two and char can't, charter's hopes that one person in the room will be shot very quickly including him yeah Char, char's the guy <laughs> i mean char is still you know you you have to you have to be some level of like of like gay and extra to like to like be in a theater click like this but char is the least out of the three of them so he's just kind of like sitting back and like drinking a soda just like man you guys are like a lot <laughs> Do you, are you just always like this uh i i think i think it should be known and uh, i don't think enough people talk about this but haman like beat char like haman defeated char in one-on-one combat there were some external factors did. like Shirako blowing off some limbs of the Hyakushiki, but like I mean, Char is revered as like one of the best pilots in the entire franchise, and Haman actually took him out one on one. Yeah, nah, for sure. And it's like that's not like I don't really give a shit about who's the best pilot in the Universal Century, who would win, Camille or Amaro, and I, I like I don't give a shit about any of that. But I just mean like people don't talk about how like badass Haman is is supposed to be. And I, I think that was kind of like a check your power level kind of thing in a show that does that like doesn't really need that, but mm-hmm. I feel like I feel like that's a good reminder of just you know people don't bring it up a lot. I don't know. People I do- feel like it, it 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 might go unnoticed because like there there is such a narrative narrative focus disconnect between 0079 Char who we got so much more camera time with him being the the ace pilot, and then by the time we get to Quattro Regina. He's just like such a fundamentally different person, and he's playing a different role in this series. And so I think, like you know, him being like dramatically defeated, it's just sort of like, oh well, he's of the supporting cast, so it's like, yeah, that's that's what happens to them in these shows sometimes. Like, yeah, but yeah, it's it's hard to remember. It's like you got to remember, like this, he is still Char Asnable. He is. And, we'll Haman, get ch- and Haman is an objectively better pilot. Suck it. Exactly. I am saying who's the best pilot in the universe century. It's Haman Karn. I mean, yeah. Like, I... I part of you was thinking, like... Well, she was the, probably one of the first people to use, like, a mobile suit that uses funnels. I mean, Lala had hers on the Elmeth, but those were kind of, like... I, I, I want to say the technology for the Elmeth definitely went into the Cubile. Like, it's... How, that's actually kind of fucked now that I think about it, that, like... Yeah, like, what was the... Like, I mean, I'm sure there's, like, oh, the Kubelay was developed from this fucking thing in this manga that no one's ever gonna translate. Well, it's, uh, because I think it, it just made, it would make sense, because if this is the second show ever made in, like, production history, so I could see, like, you know, from, you know, the writers being like, okay, so, who was a powerful... Who was, like, the the one big new type enemy, or one of the two big... Well, there's Charlie a bull, but he barely counts... Like, the big, the main new type character, even though, you know, Char and Amuro were new types as well, the main the main character that kind of really brought the new type stuff to the forefront was Lala. Mm-hmm. And her weapon utilized her new type abilities to use the thing, so... Which was defined by, you know, the, the floating funnels and bits. And I just think kind of from, like, a weird imagery standpoint, it's kind of fucked that, you know... His, his the love of his life used that, now he has to fight Amon, who's using the same thing. Oh, that's interesting. There's actually a lineage. There's actually a lineage of the Kubali dating back to the Elmith. Oh, sick! So I, I, I was right, I guess. <laughs> yeah, the Elmith was the Elmith was then later like helped to the, develop the the AMX zero zero one prototype uh, Kubali, um, which was then obviously developed into the Kubali, and, and also it took some like the. 
the Psycomu, I guess, weapon system that they run on or whatever. There's yeah. a there's a very sexy looking Rick Dom from Charge Deleted Fair. That yeah, that's what Hamon has in that. Yeah. Just the Keyblade isn't built yet. I love. I just love big, chunky like legs with like no with like no feet or weird feet at the bottom. Yeah. Non-human feet on mechs is good because human feet are bad. So <laughs> we we have one new character uh, who we need to talk about, and that is probably the second most controversial character in Zeta Gundam. We got Rosamia Badam, who we've met before, but here it's very different. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't remember this girl at all. <laughs> I, mean, shows... I did, I, I, I did, but I did once you told me who it was, but, like, it, it didn't, yeah. She was kind of just, like, she was that unstable purple-haired pilot, uh, who briefly fought Camille and Kotz when he stole the Zeta. When he stole the Mark II, the Zeta wasn't out yeah. yet. It was the Mark she, II. She was, like, trotted out early to, like, show us, the uh, you know, the pros and cons of being a cyber new type. I, I don't remember if they say this directly in the show, but... Uh, the whole sky is falling thing is how she was a survivor of the colony drop, or at least witnessed it. Mm. So I don't know how much of like a uh, like an effect that had on top of like you know her her psyche already being fractured by witnessing the worst act of atrocity in the entire timeline. Yeah, I mean, look in in the universal century. If you're an if you're an emotionally stable person with no trauma, it probably means you're the bourgeoisie and will never be asked and will never be forcefully experimented on. So, yeah, you're, you're the ruling class of the one of the uh, you're the ruling class of the Earth Federation. I was I was gonna say I was gonna say you're the ruling class of like at if if I. If I had been through the Universal Century up to this point, I would tell you that, like, mm, yeah, I don't know if we're going to get another century out of humanity. <laughs> <laughs> like, dead ass, like, bruh. I mean, that you share the same opinion of as Chiraco. Oh, word? Oh, never mind. Because <laughs> that, well, that was Chiraco's whole deal that he explains tomorrow when he's trying to be like, look how much cooler I am, that, look, how mu- look how much more black-pilled I am than Jared. <laughs> Where he's just like, yeah, there's going to be a bigger war, and then everyone's going to die off because if, because if the Titans win, that means that, you know, the Titans are going to keep killing people because they're awful and fascism requires that. So if they do that, that means only the strongest and most capable people will be left after they fall. And then I'll rule who's left, and it'll be like the most, it'll be like this, like, all, and, and then he's like, and then I'll rule them for a time, and then there'll be a woman who'll rule them, and I'll sleep with her. Because ah. that's, because Chiraco is gross. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, Ro- Rosa- so Rosamia has, like, un- kind of like 4, but her 4 kind of just would go into, like, a killer battle mode. But this, but Rosamia seems to have, like, Rosamia and Rosamia as, like, two completely separate identi- identities that don't really intersect at all. Or aren't even really aware of each other's existence. Yeah, there's, it's a lot of... It's... <laughs> I don't know, we can't, like... Like, I, I, I talked about it when we watched The Last Batch together, but it's, like, too much screen time with her just, like, bums me out. Yeah, the, I, a lot of people hate Rosamia, like, they think that her entire inclusion in the finale drags out, drags down the finale, and they, in the, in the compilation movies, they just completely cut her out. Like, I mean, like, I'm not gonna, like, like, I, I, because they never go I back just, down to Earth either, so they just Rosamia shows up at the in the first movie and then dies at the way beginning of the second one, just like they kill four in Hong Kong. 
Which I think that that's not a bad, that's a bad change. But the Rosamia stuff, I can understand cutting that for the movies. Yeah, that's the thing, right? It's like, I don't, I don't necessarily think it's like, it's a show, it's a show ruiner. Like, like this character, like, like the, on, on paper, I sup like it could have some form of potential maybe, but I just feel like they didn't do a whole lot for, for the length of time she was on screen. Yeah, it didn't really make up for it. I don't think it's, like, the worst. It's not, like, the dip in quality Twin Peaks takes in its late second season. It's not that bad, because it's still... It's only a part of the show. It's, like, even in the episodes that she's in, she's not the entire crux of the episode. There's always multiple things going on. Yeah, yeah, and then and that's, you know, I, I said I said at the front of the show, that's pretty much the that's pretty much the, the best thing you can say about, about, any, about any ancillary, like, bad part of Zeta Gundam is it's probably not gonna seriously affect the good shit that's happening around it. It, and I, I think you can say that a lot about, like, other shit, like, especially Star Trek. Like, some early TNG. I remember reading, like, some dissertation about how, like, Riker treats women terribly. Yeah. Or Yeah, how... no, like, a lot of that stuff's weak. He basically, like, I, you know, I want, I want to... <laughs> I, I always, I always, I'm always sad we never got to see, like, we never got to see any missions they went on while Reichert was growing out his beard and he looked like a p scummy piece of shit. <laughs> just like week two of him growing out his beard, just he just looks homeless. <laughs> it's not coming in. He's coming in all patchy and everyone hates it. But he's like, no, see, no, I did this once in college. I swear to God, it's going to look great. And like no one believed him. <laughs> and then the show got good. Yeah, <laughs> Riker's beard saved it. Uh, Jonathan Frakes's beard saved it. <laughs> so Jonathan Jonathan Frakes walks out of the fog in a random fucking studio lot. Can a single person's beard save a long-running sci-fi franchise? <laughs> I love it. So, uh, the, 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 the biggest, I guess, Rosamia does feel a bit, like, uh, exploitative. Yeah. At, at parts, I, the, that's the big downside about Rosamia, it's, it's pretty exploitative, but... It's, you know, it's, 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 it's a, it's a mentally ill character from, from, like, an, an era, I, I'm not gonna say from an era, cause we're, st I, I think we're still in that era of... Uh, of like mentally ill people being trotted out on screen to like to like be shown as like a horror or a tragic figure or just like just being like utilized for a larger point that that undermines this individual's autonomy. The the latter more than the former because I think the former is definitely more problematic. Yeah, but like what? it's you know it's it sucks to it's 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 it sucks to see like I guess you can say like. I get what they were going for, and I think, you know, like, it's it's important to talk about... The, it's important to talk about the... the like, the, the mental strain, uh, the, like, the mental tra traumatic psychological toll that war has, and not just, like, not just the, you know, the body count or the, or the property damage or the... just all of the... or, like, the environmental destruction. Like, you know, I, I, I think... I think it might have been trailblazing in that regard to, like, you know... I don't know, like Gundam. Gundam. Gundam was arguably one of the first ones. Like the, you know, the the accolades that people like wrongly prescribed to Neon Genesis Evangelion. Like no, yeah, actually, actually, that was actually Mobile Suit Gundam. <laughs> uh, anyway, war is war is 
war is bad and like yeah Ava's great for completely different reasons but a lot of people celebrate Ava for the wrong reasons yeah remember kids if remember kids if you, whatever you saw first that's that nothing came before it don't worry about it <laughs> That, that, that's, that's how media works. That's like, how you consume media. Evangelion is one of my favorite animes of all time. I will, mm -hmm. I will. That that is absolutely one of my favorites. I think it's probably up there. Which, like, if it's I had, good. if I believed in objectivity, I would say it's one of the objective best. Mm -hmm. And, but like the discourse surrounding it, it, like, is so infuriating that I don't think many people actually like comprehended it properly. I think that's honestly just like the pitfall when something is both actually good with creative and artistic and, th and thematic merit and yet also hyper marketable and super successful from a capitalist perspective like that shit just never mixes good <laughs> yeah so the, the, the last thing for Rosamy being like w the reason I do honestly like her inclusion is I, I like how it develops Camille and how we really get to see a, a deeply empathetic and like caring side of Camille. Yeah, no, it's, and you know, I, I think, I, I do think, you know, I, I would never, you know, I, I wonder how many people were to watch this and think like, oh, it's like, why, why is Camille, like, why won't Camille just like fucking, like, why does Camille keep being nice to this crazy lady? <laughs> why does uh, he just bang her? <laughs> Oh, Jesus Christ! I was worried. I was worried about how it sounded using using the phrase "crazy," but then you fucking slam dunked it and shattered the backboard. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, speaking but, of bad, yeah, like, takes. <laughs> where was I even going? Like, I, you know, there there might be there might be people who think uh, that him showing that level of like commitment and affection and dedication to like helping this random, literally random person who showed up in his life unannounced and immediately became a burden, like it. I don't think that's out of character for Camille at all. Yeah, it's not. He he doesn't ever like he loses his patience occasionally and is very like exasperated, but he ne he's he never like yells at her. He never like reprimands her or like treats her like with any kind of derision I, yeah I I think occasional I, frustration but that's really the most and then when they're not fighting and like as we see later at the resolution of her arc yeah in in a really buck wild way I think their 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 dedication to writing Camille well made them write a character who treats who treats someone with trauma and mental illness better than the writers did yeah and the that, writers that, did not treat her as good as Camille did, but they also I, wrote Camille. My, I I and I think that's that's like that's really the silver lining to the Rosamia story arc. I think is that you get to see that aspect of Camille, and whether it's worth it or not is up to you. Like I'm not here to tell you how to feel. I think it's not that's my job. like Camille is. Camille has such a fucking. Camille has a like when I looked at the grand scheme of it, one of my first first thoughts was like, Camille really had a female Tomino character arc. <laughs> at the very very end of that, just like like just like so like like a, like an, a, a caring understanding person, only wants the best for everybody, even if they don't always know how to how to do that. Uh, and then like some horrifying trauma after horrifying trauma happens to him, and he is almost 
completely com- like, like he is almost a fucking vegetable by the end of the series. I that we'll get to that because that's that. <laughs> Yeah, but I was uh, like, but like I remember, I remember thinking, I go, here, here was my train of thought, like, oh man, that that's so that's such a fucked up out of nowhere, tr- like, like punch in the gut twist. Really, only expect him to do that to women. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, which I think honestly makes like makes like Camille Camille already I think stands apart as a Gundam protagonist, and and his overall arc absolutely sets him apart even further now that now that I have it all in front of me. He cuz like a lot of people just say oh Camille is just Amaro but like angrier, but I think they have a really really different arc. <laughs> That's if if the fans think that, it's because every character in the show told Camille that to his face <laughs> for the first like 15 episodes. <laughs> I fucking Amaro, can you please stop telling everyone to talk ta- like compare me to you like please? <laughs> The first thing Camille ever said to Amro. Amro's just like, but like, <laughs> like, buddy, I can't even get them to stop comparing me to me. Uh, well, okay. So uh, we saw a little. We saw. We see a little tiny bit more of Amro. We can talk about Amro for a minute. We saw. Uh, yeah, Amro shows up for one more episode. He has like an extremely gay heart to heart with Char. <laughs> That's like all I remember. It's it, he's specifically like uh, Char's just because. Uh, when we get in episode thirty-eight, they uh, they launch back to space, and Amuro uh, kicks Jared's ass and uh, helps them get back into space. Way quick, way easier than the first time Char and, I and Camille try to go back into space. This um, time went a lot more smoothly. Yeah, yeah, you know they had some practice now. They know the ropes. We're just gonna get these two guys on a jet, and we're just gonna cover it. No, only a space shuttle. We're gonna cover it. Easy peasy. But uh, he, his lot, Char's just like, oh yeah, you. It seems you've returned to the Ombro Ray of old, and uh, Ombro's like, it's because you changed me, Char. And then oh, you were just God. like, and then you sent me that screen cap and said, there's no heterosexual explanation for this. There really isn't. <laughs> These men are yearning. <laughs> I I can't wait until we get into Galactic Heroes because Galactic Hero. I've been reading this. I'm gonna plug them because they're amazing and. If you guys like Gundam, you probably have some overlap with being Galactic Heroes fans. And if you're listening to us, you probably at least are very left-leaning. So this will appeal... Because <laughs> if, if you aren't, like, I'm sorry, you're going to be very alienated here. It's it's a Tumblr blog called LOGH Icebergs. I think just Google LOGH Icebergs, and you should be able to find it. It's an episode-by-episode episode queer analysis of all of the gay subtext of Galactic Heroes that is... 100% intentional because it's all not there in the novels. You love to see it. Like, the novels are about as gay as Gundam, which is, like, where you can still be like, maybe this is intentional, maybe it's not. The OVAs straight up use, like, heterosexual ro- like romance scenes as, like, decoder keys for, for scenes between two men that are framed in the exact same context but with different non-romantic dialogue. <sighs> Oh my god, that sounds amazing. And it even makes sense in... Because they couldn't... Because they, I'm guessing just they couldn't... We can't make Galactic Heroes uh, really gay, but we can we can stealthily make it gay. Oh, Because sure. we live in a deeply heteronormative society, and so do all the characters in Galactic Heroes. That's the... the honestly, the, the... The best thing... 
the best thing cishet normies could do is like mock mock like high art and theater for being for like queers and shit it's like oh okay then we'll just actually th- yes you're right i've decided you're right and, and so now it is that's made me love galactic heroes even more than i already did because i'm just looking at it and I'm like man i can't believe like my my like second favorite si- like sci-fi space opera is also like pretty pretty radical gay counterculture media and I'm wondering if they're because pro- like I know like Sailor Moon and Utena definitely had like huge lesbian fan bases in Japan. Sure. And like it's like Sailor Uranus is like a lesbian icon in Japan. Oh yeah, yeah. Like because uh, she's 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 like canonically gender fluid. Like they they talk about her as both embodying like embodying both the masculine and the feminine. Like that's the first thing you learn about her when she is introduced. And and Utena definitely. Oh yeah, Uden is just a big gay mess. And but and so like I'm wondering if Galactic Heroes has that because I know Galactic Heroes Hero, Heroes has a gigantic female fan base. Oh yeah, yeah. And so I'm like I'm wondering if there's a lot of crossover into like I want into like you know J- Japanese gay communities or gay gay cultures in Japan. Probably. I mean, it's probably just you know like I I I, I, could, I could see it just being like not dissimilar from just like normal like fandom shipping. Um, and. But, but like more intense, <laughs> it, 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 way more intense in Galactic Heroes. Uh, we'll get to that eventually, and I'm very excited for when we do because I've been slowly rewatching it. Nice. And uh, but yeah, check them out. Uh, L O G H icebergs. And with that, we can go to uh, let's let's just do a quick round, uh, quick roundup. We talked about Camille a lot here with his relation to Rosamie. Um, but what like. Let's let's talk about Fa because we're going to talk about Camille a lot in for all the stuff he does. But I like I like Fa in in the last couple episodes and everything. Yeah, Fa really I, has come comes into her own. Yeah, like they 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 give her they give her a lot of they give her a lot to to do. Like she is like if she is my favorite. Like she's probably my favorite. Like Gundam like girlfriend i guess if you know what i mean like even if they're not even even in instances where they are not like the main the, the main the, the girl frau. yeah the frau although i guess once i get to unicorn i'll probably have to put maniva up there 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 actually is a a frau archetype who is not maniva oh yeah mycot is her name is she cute she is let me i'll show you a picture of her yes show me the girl She even made a cameo in a uh, narrative, which was nice. <laughs> like my favorite part of narrative is when the unicorn characters came back, and I was like, ah. <laughs> yeah, that's that's my cut. Oh my gosh, cute! I love her hair. Oh my goodness. Yeah, she she goes to the same college good. as Benazir. Oh my gosh. Okay. Um. But no, no, Fa Fa is Fa is really good. I think I just like. So like I mean they, they they usually like to do like and by they I just mean like fucking fiction in general like you you get so many like either like opposites attract or they like or or they just have like a or they just have like different qualities that complement one another or something like that, or don't complement one another as it were but like Fawn Camille it was this really unique example of just like they are they fundamentally have all of the same problems <laughs> socially speaking uh, and they, they both get mad at each other constantly for shit the other also does. 
sometimes at the same time, <laughs> in the same argument, <laughs> they're just mad at each other for the same fucking thing. Like I, I, I love them. They are, they're they're fun to watch. They are a fun couple to to watch, uh, to, like develop and grow up together, like grow older together. Their their relationship is was far more intense than it was, you know, back when they were just you know, arguing and bickering on the Argama constantly. Yeah, well, it was it's more intense, but also they talked it out a lot more often because it was that much more intense. Like once there was actually stakes, they stopped fucking playing around. Um, it, and I think and that, that that was that, really big of them because they had that one conversation towards the end of the second cluster of episodes where Camille was just like, "Fa, listen, we're not like." kids anymore we gotta yeah. keep doing we can't keep doing this constantly like we technically are we technically are are a married couple with children now i don't know yeah. how this happened char kind of just did that for us we oh, technically yeah. are responsible for two children now they they walk down a hall they they get to the end of a hallway and Br and bright shows up right there like looking at both of them holding hands holding a bible <laughs> it's like stop stop it bright and he's just like you're living in sin <laughs> Puritan bright. <laughs> Abstinence bright. <laughs> Yo, imagine being in middle school in the universal century and there's just like a safe sex poster with bright holding a condom. <laughs> now imagine your Hathaway. Oh no. Cause and like that poster is that poster is still from when you were like five, but it's a public. But it's like it's it's school. They're not gonna take that down unless somebody tells them to. And so it's just old and like sun bleached, and you're just like, ugh, that's what my dad used to look like, and he's holding a condom and telling me not to fuck. <laughs> that's what my dad looks like. That one time I got kidnapped. <laughs> you he has to think about the time he got kidnapped by the titans every time he walks past his dad's safe sex poster <laughs> fucking christ i don't know what hathaway splash is about but i like whatever i'm doing instead that <laughs> you're still gonna think that's canon after you know more <laughs> good because i'll tell you this for something to look forward to hathaway is one of the major characters in char's counterattack Oh, I thought you were about to be a big dickhead and go, he's one of the main characters in Hathaway's flat. No, no, because Hathaway is like 13 or 14 in Char's Counterattack. Ooh. And so he he's he's kind of the token kid of that. of that. He's the Cots of Char's Counterattack. Oh, Can't wait Cots. for Cots' flash. Go out and I'm gonna go out into space and activate my new type abilities, and Kotz is gonna be there giving me the middle finger. <laughs> Kotz and Sarah are like are, are like Kotz and Sarah are like cuddled up together, like arm in arm, and they're give and they're 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 both are giving you the middle finger in in hell. <laughs> that's that's a good fan art. If somebody could draw that for us, who knows how to draw? Just flipping off the earth. Right. Let's talk. Let's talk about Kotz and and, and Sarah, because. I, I feel I I liked Sarah a lot more this time because like I didn't have like oh I had like a weird level of contempt for Sarah where I was always just like God you're just being used how can't you see that like mm -hmm. come on Sarah oh like she'd frustrate me I didn't hate Sarah she would just frustrate me but I, I had so much more sympathy for her this time 
I feel I guess, you've you've yeah. you've grown as a person and realized that you were just victim blaming before. <laughs> yeah, I was. Uh, God, Sarah, why didn't you figure it out? But it's like, no, Sarah legitimately is just like, she's just being like horribly abused by Shirako emotionally. Just yeah, no, for real. Like, Shirako straight up sucks. Like, I like Shirako a lot as a villain in the way I like Griffith, where they're just absolutely reprehensible human beings that are written incredibly well. Griff Griffith bought a PS2 when he promised Guts he'd buy a Dreamcast. He wanted to watch Stuart Little 2 DVD. <laughs> that mouse is really funny. <laughs> um, no, yes, Sarah is... Like, I, I mentioned it in an introduction, like, I, I liked her from the jump. If anything, she had such a strong introduction as, as, like, this headstrong, as, like, this headstrong character who, like, sticks to her beliefs, but the thing she ended up believing, uh, was that this spicy Jupiter man is the, is God. He, like, and I think that makes sense, because, like, for all the times that, like, Sarah talks to Camille and the little bits of Sarah's backstory we get to, not really backstory but just her life beforehand we learn that like Sarah is a new type the Titans and the Earth Federation do not take her seriously at all they don't really value her they kind of they're incredible like nobody acknowledges her as a serious anything and then Shirako over here is the first person to really take her seriously or at least pretends to yeah like, she's just been invalidated by every single person in her life, and Chiraco just, like, sprinkles little itty-tiny bits of validation, and she immediately is is his forever, and it's horrifying that that's something that's hu that human beings can't actually do to each other. Yep. Yeah, it, it fucking sucks. Um, I, I think... Yeah, no, I honestly... I, I, wish, her I wish her friend lived. Or at least lived longer. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, we keep, that'll be another change we make in Xander Bridge. We'll have Siddeley survive. <laughs> <laughs> Sarah, I really don't think this is a good idea. <laughs> her, 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 androgynous, her androgynous lesbian friend. That, dude, that, that Shirako guy's a f fucking creep. What do you do? What do you do? You, like, let him touch you. He, they told us not to do that at orientation. We have to, like, call HR or something. Well, I'm, I'm not gonna... I don't feel like making a phone call right now. I don't have any spoons, but... You shit. So, so we, we, gotta keep, we gotta keep her around. <laughs> She's just the April Ludgate of the Titans. Good lord, absolutely. Weird energy for the end of Zeta. Just like as we see with... Shirako upped his game with touching Sarah all the time. Of just always having a hand on her shoulder, mostly on her face now. And like that's and it, that's so intentional, and I immediately picked up on it as like, as like an and like like an abuse tactic, as like a fucking like, like validation technique. Like that's like he is absolutely doing that on purpose because he knows that it will make her, like, connect to him all that much quicker and like dedicate. Like it's it's all, fucking. Like it, this is this is so embodying his character, and it sounds like such a cliche. But like he he is dead ass that motherfucker who plays chess with people. Yeah, and it's and but like you know I feel like we're, we're a lot of a, a lot of a lot of shows that will end up like fumbling that a little bit because they end up making the person look super cool for doing it. Um, I think the show does a pretty good job of just making you feel nothing but discomfort whenever he does that shit. Um, 
but also maybe that's just me and who I am as an audience. But I like to, I I don't I don't know like if he ever did anything cool, it was because of his big fat mech. Um, his mech's thick. Yeah, the O is cool. His mech's one thick bit. Um, he he's just like ah, and the the thing that's so sad about Sarah to me in these episodes is just how quickly he threw her away for Rekoa. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, of course, like of course, the second it happened, I'm like a fucking course, because I'm like 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 worst case scenario for him is that like they both end up fighting each other over him, and like he now has two people willing to die to prove what, a, what how good they are for him. And it's disgusting. And that's exactly what he wants, and it's aw- it's awful. And I, I I honestly felt so much sympathy for Sarah. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. And especially because like, and it's and it's not even as if like, as it's not even as if you could also call like Cots like a fucking like like a like like a like a simp or something, but like an actual one, or just like think like uh, like she doesn't love you, dude. Just let her go. Like I. I, I think that was another saving grace of hers is that she also did have like a much more legitimate like a much more legitimate healthy like current like a like a nugget like a seedling of a relationship with cots and like to the point where like I well his methods leave a lot to be desired because but, cots is 14 and stupid um but I, I don't think I would have done any better at fourteen than Cots did. Yeah, no, for sure. Because because again, I, I think I th- I think he I think his heart is in the right place, and I think if the situation was different, he probably could have gotten her onto the. He probably could have gotten her to leave the Titans. Like, there's a reality where that happens, and it's not like a mistake to do. Um, but she just didn't fucking last. Didn't make it. No. Uh, that, that leads in into Cots as well, where you you found yourself increasingly with less patience for Cots. I mean, like I, man, that ending pretty much had me like the like it sounds so fucked up and hypocritical, but like as soon as Cots died, I was like, I have to throw all my nose about Cots out. I'd throw them all away because this is different. This is, <laughs> I I, what, I a lot of people always would ju- the the meme is how useless Cots is, how Cots always fucks everything up, and how Cots doesn't have a purpose in the show, how Cots is like the Wesley Crusher, to bring up Next Generation again. Uh, Where, I would say, I mean, finish your thought. Because I I I I think Cots's entire purpose is to show how you know. Amaro wasn't Amaro just because he was in the right spot at the right time or the wrong place at the wrong time. Like Amaro was very specific. Like Amaro's personality and his and who he was was very integral to why Amaro survived the One Year War. And I think it comes. It, it kind of validates Amaro even further. Amaro wasn't just lucky or a new type because Kotz was also lucky and a new type. Yeah. I, that like it, it's it's more than just um, oh Amro. It, it kind of when I after seeing Zeta, every time I rewatch 0079, I always have like this back of my head thought. I was like, God, how many times was Amro like fifteen seconds away from having the same fate as fucking Cots? Like 
basically every every fight he was ever in. Yeah, and that so I don't know. I feel that's what Kotz's true meta narrative purpose was. Yeah, and and also I feel like Kotz is Kotz is that kind of like like just ang like angry, frustrated, like radical leftist who is constantly like hollering about like we could just and again, I'm calling myself out in my in my in my in my more emotional moments. Just like we could just stop. Why don't we just all just stop? We don't have to fucking like nobody has to go to work. Let's just burn all the money. We don't have to fucking do this anymore. Like, but uh, you can't just do that shit as a single individual angry person. You can't just say, well, this war sucks, so I'm gonna disregard the war and fly onto an enemy spaceship t to go after like, my girlfriend or whatever the fuck he was doing. No, to kill Scirocco. To kill one of the lead fucking f figures of, of the enemy military that I'm fighting against. Like, fucking, you're technically right, Kotz. Kotz, you're, you were, you have mostly been right this, this, in this series. It's you're everything you want to do about it that's so fucking wrong. Heart full, head empty. Truly, that's I. Kot, everything Kotz did was for the right reasons, but in the wrong way. Yeah, I I, I really like Kotz, and he definitely had a point in this sh in this show. And my heart fucking goes out to Fraubo and Hayato. I really should have seen it coming when Hayato said, like, literally all he wants is for him to not die in space. Like, why would you even say that out loud, Hayato? <laughs> No fucking shit. <laughs> Poor Hayato. Do we see him again? Uh, he's in Double Zeta. Damn. Does he bring up his dead son ever? <laughs> he, he does. Damn. We're gonna see Hayato again. Good, great, good. Good, I think. I'm glad. Sure, why not? Yeah, let's do it. Fuck me up. Yeah, uh, so let's let's talk about Rekoa for as little as you want to, because when we talked earlier, I, I kept hinting at the fact that Rekoa is the most hated character in Zeta. I just think, like, I'm, it's, it's always my personal, because I think, like, the, I, I think people respond to, respond to fiction writing in a lot of different key ways that, that can make, that can make critical discussion harder, because like I am, I am most likely to base a character on the quality of their writing, and there are other people. I'm of a similar mind. Base the There are other people who base the quality of character on the the actions of their character, like inner narratively, like with like with full as if they have full agency, as if they are a person. Um, and there's certainly entertainment to be gained from that. There are characters like like. You love to hate a character, uh, but I, I, I. But but for me and my for me and my tastes, uh, I I. I don't like roll my eyes when Rekoa shows up. I'm not like ugh, like go away. You're an awful character now. Like I'm just like, like why didn't they do anything fucking else with you? <laughs> why like why I keep I keep looking at her whole deal and I'm like literally. I don't understand why this is here. It feels like somebody snuck into the studio in the dead of night after everyone went home and or animators were sleeping under their desks. 
and <laughs> and fucking like stapled extra pages of lines for Rekawa that just say all that dumb shit. Because like the one one of the major criticisms I see of Rekawa, and this is a part where I disagree with a lot of people. Because I don't, I don't, I don't love the whole like a lot of this. A lot of the stuff Rekawa says is pretty shitty. It's just weird. But like the whole like Rekawa joining the Titans because of Shirako, I totally get that. That's not the part I have an issue with. Because it's a to- I, to me that makes sense for Rekawa's character. For the last like five episode, for the last like five times we saw Rekawa before this, she's essentially just been like, "Man, I'm really bummed that I didn't die in the last mission." She yeah, did. that shit, that shit I liked. I was so, that was the other thing, is, like, she, it, it, it wasn't just that, like, oh, she could have had potential. It's like, no, it really felt like they were setting something better up for her. And, like, how she, how she really doesn't give a shit about the AU, really, as an organization. Because she makes it pretty apparent that, like, her her really reasons for joining the AU weren't really political. It was mostly just the Federation didn't feel right. That's pretty much the only explanation she gives. But she then immediately turns around and starts doing horrible atrocities for the Titans without a second thought, and then blaming the AU for not being able to stop her. Yeah, but like I, she I, she gives <clears throat> up like she gives up her she she literally gives up her agency. She's like, I am a cog in this machine now. I no longer have personal responsibility. I I think I I don't know. I think the whole thing. I a lot of people interpret her entire arc being that Char wouldn't sleep with her, so she went to Shiraco, and that's the entirety of of her character. And I I don't think that's true. I think there's way more nuance to it than that. I think there, I think there is. Yeah. I I I, I definitely. Yeah, I, I think they just, they, they focused on the narrative, like, like the, I think the camera did focus on that aspect of it the most, is the thing. I think they had, they had, they had the workings of something more nuanced, maybe, but like, you know, what they did make wasn't that, um... I think it's always just such a slippery slope whenever you deal with like romance in popular media, because um, it's it's such a weird codified thing with like so many differing opinions on what the quality of that kind of storytelling looks like, and like what people will accept, what people won't accept. Um, and, and I mentioned it. Uh, again, like, but before the show, the last time we called off Mike, but, like, it also really, like, once this was all said and done, I kind of thought about it, and it was like, man, this series, like, really feels the need to pair everyone up in, like, a kind of corny way that, like, doesn't jive with the rest of this show, and I'm, like, and part of me, like, the galaxy brain conspiracy theorist in me wondered, like, was that there? Was was that how they justified all of these like otherwise diverse and interesting female characters in this series? Was like you know, making sure they all ended up with a fucking man at the end, or or dead, or both in Sarah's case. Uh, and Emma's. Yeah, God. Um. So it, yeah, it, it was just this weird. It, it it was it was weird. Like anytime that shit happened, like it was never like it, it never made me mad or it never made me upset or it never made me groan. It was just like this is really weird. I don't know why this is here. <laughs> it just felt so out of place. Yeah, 
I, I don't hate. Like the thing is, I don't love love it. I just I don't hate it. And so many people say that that completely ruined the show for them. I really would have preferred. I, and I think like because 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 I, I think I think literally of of the scenario where everything in her character is exactly the same except she had no interest in Char and she didn't ever talk about how she just wants a fucking husband. Like, if you keep everything else the same, um, as, like, as rudimentary and, like, blunt of a, of a quote-unquote, like, edit, like a fix, like, oh, I'm, oh, I'm fixing something, and it's like, I'm not a fucking writer for a TV show, I don't have the right to say I fixed something, um, but, you know, in a scenario where I, where I hypothetically try that, uh, normally I would call that, like, a, like, a childish way to edit something, but I think it would just work in this case. Because it's like everything else is still everything else. Everything she does to pursue the the shitty like cis hetero weirdo parts of her goals, she also she, those exact same decisions also serve her much more compelling like nihilism and like complete like yeah like complete and total nihilism from like war trauma and shit and just like having no allegiance because ultimately not really giving a fuck about anything anymore like i was really hoping for like punished rekoa and instead like i got uh whatever the fuck it is that they decided to give me yeah i was trying to think of something clever to call her but i couldn't figure out anything uh her mobile suit kicks ass though oh yeah for sure she at least got a cool mobile suit lots of people got cool mobile suits in this show Segway. i guess we're talking about mobile suits now let me pull yeah. up the thing well, we've talked about it. Uh, well, we're gonna do the best. We're saving the best for first. And by that, ah! we're not saving it at all. We're talking about the Cubelay, the AMX 004 Cubelay, which is designed love by. It. Um, it is designed by Mamoru Nagano, who is the lead mech designer for uh, Elgheim, and I think he were. I think he was also lead mech designer on Dunbine, but mm. he went on to make five star stories, the manga and the movies. I keep hearing about those and seeing, like, g GIFs of the anime. It looks impressive, but it also looks like one of those things where it's like the plot's hard to follow. Uh, I want to read the mangas, because that, 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 that sounds cool. They, uh, apparently, he considers it like a distant sequel to Elgheim, or at least oh. in the same universe. Oh, neat. I don't know how much they directly cross over at all, but I also haven't ever finished Elgheim, so I want to watch Elgheim. Elgheim looks fun. Yeah. But uh, I I love the, I love this thing. It, the the Cubelay is, is this is a if uh, it's the perfect mobile suit for Haman. I love how wide it is. It's freaking weird bug like shape. It's very Dunbine. Yeah, it's 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 just like a it's just like a weird night beetle, and I love its weird long head that like extends super far back behind its body. It's super long fingers. It's got a little snoot, and like the way the way the fingers are, the way the fingers like jettison out of the fucking big poofy sleeve, and it's it, just like the way it takes off where it, like its arms go away. It, it, the the wing the wings kind of open and flap a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> it, ha it has the butt the butt panel that like dispenses all the all the uh, funnels. Yes, it just shits out all the funnels like a mother spider. It, it, the thing is great. It it. And it, can we talk about the color scheme? The white, it's pink, so... and purple is... Mwah, it's fucking phenomenal. This is one of my favorite, like, Xeon-type mobile suits ever. It's the Cubelay. It's the best. If I was a Build Fighters character, I would have a Cubelay. I would, I would, that would be my main. 
a, a, there, a custom cubile. I would make it gayer somehow. I'd find a way. There, there is the there is one in. in uh, let me pull it up. Open a new tab. There is one in uh, Build Fighters. There we go. It's in Build Fighters. It was the uh, the Papillon, the cubile uh, Papillon. Oh my god! I love it. Do you think it's like? Is that French for butterfly? Papillon. Something like that. Sure. Spell, it's spelled like papillion, but I know it's probably not pronounced that way. Papillon. No, that's sick as shit. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that's your cubile collection. <laughs> Fuck, you're right. I have to. I I did say out loud that I have to get every Cubelet model kit that exists. And if you needed to, if you want to be canonical, you need to get ten of the. I think you need to get like ten mass produce mass production type Cubelets. That I'll do it. So uh, just let's go to the Palace Athene because this thing doesn't get talked about enough. I fucking love this thing. Yeah, I've never seen this thing before in my life until I watched this anime. Like, holy shit, it's so weird. Uh, I love it. It has, like, its weapon systems with, like, the freaking missiles on its back. Oh, this thing needs to be in, in, uh, this thing needs to be in Extreme Versus. Absolutely. Yeah, it's the thing. Like, I never saw anything about it in, like, Extreme Versus or nothing, and it's like, damn. One of the ones that's, that's missing. Who knows? They might add it in another one. Hey, another lady pilot, even though it's problematic Rekoa. <laughs> if fucking if fucking problematic Catrick can pilot a fucking a fucking wing zero or whatever problematic yeah we can get problem yeah we, we do have problematic Catra you're right it's so interesting like to see like a the they really went whole hog with the color schemes in this show they just didn't give a fuck yeah they really a lime green it looks like a fucking can of Sprite it, it, it does. Or like Canada Dry. Yeah. If this is like a Sprite or a Canada Dry. And then what, uh, so then next, after that, we have the, uh, Boloniak Saman, which is Sarah's exclusive mobile suit that she gets. Well, this is the Mountain Dew. Yeah, nah, for sure. Um. I can't, this thing I always forget exists. I always thought that, it, I, I must have, I had a weird Mandela effect, because I thought that both Sarah and... Rekob got Palace Athenes. I forgot that she got there were separate ones. So maybe I slipped into an alternate reality or Who something. Could say maybe we all are constantly every waking moment. Maybe that is causality. Um anyway, it looks like a mega man. It does. It looks like sni- <laughs> it looks like it it looks like a sniper joe with a grappling hook. Yeah, it's like a, it's like a it's like what if sniper joe was football team? That's, I think it's a good way to say it. I'm not the biggest fan of this thing. It's neat. <laughs> like, it's... It's... It's mostly just novel because, once again, like, so much of the mech design in Zeta is is novel compared to the rest of the Universal Century. Like, Zeta really has its own look for mech designs. Because I... Cause, and you mentioned this in the last... You mentioned this. It's just like, yeah, the, canonically, that was simply the style at the time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, next up, we have the O, which is Shirako's thick-ass mobile suit. The O, showtime. Uh, it, it's, I, I don't know if I like the yellow. I kind of wish it was a different color. Like, if it was, like, a purple or something. The yellow is, it's, it's, it's less about the yellow, more about how much fucking gold. Like, it's, it's not even necessarily gold, like the Yakushiki. It's, like, almost mustardy, but it is still, like, basic, like a, like a much more matte gold. Um... Which is why I only got the master grade Yakushiki Yakushiki because all of the other grades of the Yakushiki had that matte gold type color on it, and I want my I wanted my bitch to shine. Um, 
Uh, but that thing, it, it just looks... It's just so weird. It doesn't really evoke... Like, like, like the Cubelet, by comparison, is, like, so evocative of Haman Karn as a character. I don't get this thing's deal at all to Shiraco. Like, like we bro- I'll, bro- I'll pull up another tab. Like, earlier on the show, Shiraco had the Masala. Yeah. Which then kind of Sarah inherited. This is way more, like, Shiraco-flavored. Yeah, I, yeah, it's, like, sleeker. It's fucking purple. Uh, I don't know. Maybe, I mean, maybe that's just me oversimplifying Sirocco's whole deal. I mean, you could say something about it. It's just like a, it's just this giant, gaudy, golden god, just like this huge, imposing force. Just this, and it's like, entirely utilitarian. Yeah, it's just like it's it's like it's barely a mobile suit. It's just like a mobile armor with limbs. It has uh, extendo arms coming off of its waist. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it can parry beam sabers while it's shooting. It's just so wide. It's almost like evocative of like a of like of like like a giant robo or like the big O. Like it has super robot proportions. Yeah, 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 for sure. It's got like the barrel. It, it's got like the barrel it looks chest like one of, the, uh, of, of like. The, a, uh, it looked. I'm sorry. It looks like one of the international ones from uh, Get a Robo Go. Yes, it looks like international Get a Robo Go. It's got like the it's got like the the, the barrel chest of like uh, of like uh, Armageddon Getter or like Tetsujin. It just I, I was trying to think of it because it's like the thing that Schwartz had, but it didn't turn into a jet. Yeah. More like the Canadian one with the gigantic wheels. <laughs> God, Get a Robo Go. But that's that's more where this is evocative. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, no, I I finished my thought. Uh, so then after that, we have one more. We have the Psycho Gundam Mark II. Uh, uh for all the 15 minutes that exi- we see of it. Yeah, fucking, it's a really fucking sick design. It, it You'll see more of it in uh, Double Zeta. Because I think they knew that they are like, wow, we have this really dope-ass design that we just didn't utilize. Yeah. And then you get to see the Quinn Monza later on, which is when they essentially, like, smash a cubile onto a Psycho Gundam. That sounds fucking great. It's, it's, that's, that's, yeah, the Psycho Gundam Mark II, this looks like the final boss of something. If this was a super robot show, this would be the final boss. Oh, no, absolutely. Yeah, this is, like, the fucking... This is this is the this is the fighting game character they give you at the end for for like beating it, and it's just so broken, and none of your friends like when you pick it. <laughs> yeah, it's the one you have to like do like a, se- a certain like button sequence combo on like uh on the random select one. Yeah, you, on you, have, to do, you have to do a weird button combo, or you have to literally beat the beat the arcade version with every single fighter. Oh, you have to beat it with one continue. Yes, yes. Yeah, it. I feel like the pow- like this thing is terrifying. Like even more so than just like the Psycho Gundam, which was just this thing destroys everything in a square mile radius. Like when when Rosami is freaking out and shooting at Axis, and it's just firing in every direction. Like Jesus, that's horrifying. Yeah, honestly, I I feel like this thing was really underutilized. I think this thing has like Edeon Edeon horror potential. Oh yeah. Especially considering it's running off of the psychic trauma of a broken girl. Yeah. Ah, oh, the Rosemary stuff is bleak. <laughs> so let's let's dive into these into these uh, final episodes. 
episodes 38 through 42, I like to consider the Rosami Rekawa arc. Mm-hmm. Where these four episodes, five episodes, really uh, just are pretty much revolve around Rekawa is now working with the Titans and Rosamia is on the Argama. That That's where uh, it starts out with episode 38. I forgot how based this episode was. Where it starts out with um, Amuro and uh, talking to Char and uh, the... the they're on the Adumla one last time, getting Amur, uh, getting Camille and uh, Char Quattro back into space. Because they came down for the uh, Battle of Kilimanjaro and the Day of Dakar. Things are going pretty well for the, for the AU at this point. Yeah, they're, and, doing, they're doing a good job. Uh, Jared is essentially ordering people to do suicide attacks for him at this point. Where he's just like, crash the fucking ship into it! And these guys are like... No, I kind of like. I kind of like how not even like other Titans respect Jared. Yeah, no, the the Titan like this is like this this whole chunk of episodes is just the the Titans uh just kind of falling apart just live in front of the solar system. And it's it's more, it it's like messier than Zeon's collapse. It's honestly beautifully pathetic i loved it a lot how just like by the end of the episodes like the titans were still there but every time they show up you're just like oh are y'all do y'all still think that you have any fucking right to be here in this battle like fuck off and then like they all die and i was like fucking sick so uh they amuro has that really gay conversation with char we talked about earlier and then they launch uh amuro manages to shoot down jared and his bjarlint and uh yeah that oh, was we... so good i'm so glad amuro got a fucking really good pot shot at jared just like fuck yeah fuck that kid i forgot a single mobile suit because jared drives one later he's gonna drive the mobile suit with the big ass oh shit it is the the bound dock i gotta find it there it is this fucking thing oh my god i forgot about this weird bug yeah it's it, it I it looks kind of like a looks kind of like a kangaroo. I like. It's like some kind of weird sea creature that comes out of a shell. Yeah, it's like a it's, mol- it, some kind of sea slug. Yeah, uh, there. Rosamias has a wild color scheme. Yeah, I do like that. Uh, you can play. Jared has one in Extreme Versus. That's fucking funny. Out of all the units. They give Jared well because there's two versions of Jared. There's one where he's teamed up with Mars, so it's a and you can ta- they're like a tag team where you can switch between um, him and a Gabflay, mm-hmm. and then you can switch to Mar and a Marsai. Oh, neat! So it's kind of like you hit a button to swap between the two of them, which makes it kind of cool. And then uh, and then they have I would have replaced Jared with Rosamia. At least you used the fucking bound dock. Yeah. Right. And have another lady, and then give Jared the the Bjarlind, because that thing's so much cooler. <laughs> At least yeah. for Jared. But, yeah, I, taught that I just didn't want to forget that. But yeah, Amuro fucking kicks Jared's ass. <laughs> and it's great. So Char and Camille are launching into space, and uh, Camille's kind of complaining. Like, I mean, rightfully so, leaving the Earth's atmosphere is a stressful experience. So, so Char basically says, like, you know, in the old days, when, when the first-generation space noise were shooting out into space, 
we endured they endured much more than just the G forces out here. But because of the hardships of loving in space, that's what helped people develop new type abilities in the first place. So instead of seeing seeing space it's as this like horrific, terrifying vacuum, they started to see it as a new promised land that was giving that was ushering humanity, you know, further away from Earth into a new entity entirely. And they started to, you know, really revere it. There's a there's a memorable quote from I I forget which astronaut it was, but like I, I, I see the quote every now and again of just him talking about like when you actually see the entire earth in front of you in real life um like none none of the dumb shit matters anymore and just like you just want to take every he this is this is the part that he said he said you want to take every like corrupt selfish like billionaire and politician up there with you and go look at that damn it like look at it like he just wants to like fucking there's no way you can see that and then think that any any petty thing that we put over people's lives is actually worth shit. Yeah. And, and that that is what like that's what new types are and that's why I fundamentally believe that like like new types are real. Like not in a literal like not in the literal fucking like ghost ghosts in space sense necessarily, but like in terms of empathy in terms of empathy in terms of like in terms of the what is unfortunately now a radical idea of of what human empathy and understanding and communication should be like it's so different and alien from what from what the powers that be have like hammered into us on a daily basis throughout society like we've just forgotten how to give that much of a shit about each other in like a serious way and I or think if we that, ever like, if not, we, or if we we ever did in the first place. Yeah, I mean, I, I I think I think we I think we did I think we did, and I think that's evident when you look at any kind of any kind of like societies that aren't necessarily super global, like any 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 kind of communities that need to remain close and tight knit in order to survive. Like they have a lot of that same stuff. I mean, that can turn back around and turn into like isolationism and stuff like that, which is also bad. But that's still in communication. Like, y they wouldn't be that way if people didn't want to come in there and fuck with their shit all the time. Like, um, I so I truly believe that like if if we can actually get to space, hopefully without capitalism, then like I I don't know. I think that's just as likely as any fucking thing else. Yeah. At this point, like in a real major way. I think this part is where Char literally explains the thesis statement of Zeta Gundam to Camille. Yeah, fucking making he fucking he made he made Jimbo Raw proud that day. He, he made he made his father proud that day. And uh, at that point, they end up getting in. They get into space, but they're uh, I think they're either off, uh, slightly off course or that they're not. The Argama wasn't able to get to them in time. Uh, meanwhile. The kids try to steal in this. I know in this one the kids try to steal the Methus, which I'm just like Shinta and Coom are like so close to getting themselves killed in this batch of episodes. Yeah, they're uh they're little scamps, you know, just having just having some some rascally they, fun. They have way more of a death wish than fucking Kotskika and Let's did. Foof, they sure did, and they were. I feel like they were slightly older than them too. My friend Mary just finished 0079, 
and uh, her favorite character in the entirety of it was Kika, and she has like 30 different screen caps of, of random weird faces Kika's made in the background. That's very good. I would love, I would, that, that folder sounds like a really good folder. <laughs> Alright, uh, so... Oh, God, I feel bad for Kika and Let's. Yeah, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. At least, at least Frau still has them. Yeah. And they all wanted to join the Ayuk with Kots. Yeah. Honestly, though, would they have kept him in check? Would Would they all three of them be alive instead of him being dead? What, what would you... What what is would that be like your your Zeta Gundam fan fiction? It's Zeta Gundam, but what if Kika came instead of Kots? Yo, yes, absolutely. <laughs> you know, no, fuck it. It would be Kika. It would be it would be Kika and Lutz, and and Kots stays behind to protect Frau. Yeah, you're the oldest. You have to protect mom. And then and then he has a good no. He and then you know he join he joins fucking he his his he joins his dad. And he stay, and he and he hangs out on he hangs out with his dad. And then he's the one who, th- then he uses the judo he learned from his dad to throw Jared down a cliff for Camille. <laughs> <laughs> to throw Jared off the side of a mountain. Oh, the realities I choose to believe on this show. <laughs> That's the wonderful part about fiction. <laughs> yeah. That's the wonderful thing about fiction. None of this matters. Fuck canon. <laughs> so... They, uh, I, I, this is where they had that minor character, Batch, who, uh, we, everyone is like, yeah, Batch, everyone's, hey, Batch, what's up? And then he just, Yazan murders him. <laughs> like, horrifically, to which Fa and, and Apolly are like, Batch, no! But the Argama's been getting hit pretty hard, so they have to fall back to the moon. Uh, in the battle, though, uh, Rekka was on the Alexandria now, and nobody trusts her. They're just like, no, we're gonna make you. We're gonna. They're essentially hazing Rekka, but they're doing it in the Titans way of like, hey, we're gonna make you fucking do all these horrible atrocities, and you're gonna have to like do it without complaining. Yeah, it's pretty much like they they don't care one way or the other if she actually does it. They just want to they they just want to fucking give her a shitty time because she was in the AU again. It's like they'll never fucking accept you, idiot. And the only reason they like that she's there is because of Shirako's pull. Yeah, for sure. Like every she like no one really likes her or treats her well. Like I think Yazan and Ram Yazan and his two goons kind of like her. Yeah, but they're they're fucking they're just fucking weird and horny. No one likes them either. <laughs> no, yeah, nobody likes them either. <laughs> nobody likes the crazy ass crew. Yeah. They really are. They're just a bunch of crazy asses in this truck freak world. <laughs> uh, they uh, fire out the um, the high mega launcher for the uh, the hyper bazooka launcher for uh, Char, and he managed. He almost manages to blow up the Alexandria, but like Rekawa like new types, and she like flips over to the cat to Captain Gotti, and she's just like. Dude, evasive action now, otherwise you're all gonna die. And he's like, what? So he, like, he sells the order, and then they, like, barely get grazed by the beam that would have incinerated them. And when she does that, Camille is like, why did I just sense Rekoa? Rekoa died. <laughs> That's weird. And then he has a really mad shower. Oh, yeah, he does. Like, a fucking, he's getting in there. 
like uh, Bright has a cool has a cool moment where he like he's like shaking Camille's hand like I'm proud of you, son. <laughs> I, I really felt that showed like how much Camille's grown up. That like Bright is like wow, Bright's like seeing him as like more of an equal now than just like you're a dumb kid. I have to be your dad. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like the C- Camille's. I I I appreciate like. Camille, Camille's character growth is subtle because he doesn't like he he stay he stays the same person but like a better but like a but like a like a a wiser version version of the same person and it come it comes through the mo- most apparently in like how his peers treat him. It, like this isn't the same Camille that's getting slapped every fucking five seconds by Emma. Yeah. Emma doesn't have to anymore. Emma only slaps him once in this entire batch of episodes, and that's in the next one. <laughs> Well, and then no, I think it's when he. It's in one of the coming up. It's one of the ones that's coming up where uh, he says that Rekko would join the Titans, and Emma's just like so mad at him. Like, why would you make that shit up? And Camille's like, why would I make that up? Oh God! Fucking, <laughs> I love Emma. So the next episode, this one's by the lake. Uh, so the Argama arrives at a, a completely neutral colony at side two, because I guess. Nothing good can ever happen to side two. Nothing. Never. Can't catch a break. Uh, the Titans took Luna 2. Do you remember Luna 2 at all from 0079? Uh, vaguely. It was the first place they stopped before they hit the Earth when they left side seven at the beginning of one year of the one-year war. In the uh. TV version, they kind of just, like, get told that, like, oh, you got, like, all the... You can't drop refugees off here. And then you gotta go and... You gotta go take them to Earth and drop them off at Jaburo. And, uh, that it's kind of the first time you really see how how the Federation does not care about the White Base. Oh, okay. Or at least that they care more about the White Base than the people on it. Yeah. And then in the show, uh, the commander of... I forget why exactly. It's been a long time since I've seen the show. But the commander of, uh, Admiral, Admiral Watkin, mm. who later dies in... in like the later battles he like doesn't trust bright and he thinks that bright like he doesn't believe what happens to any of them and he like throws amuro and bright in prison <laughs> shit so but that's 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 luna 2 it, i mean um luna 2 was a uh, gigantic asteroid that they would move around it, like and i'm talking like it's like the same size as like axis it's like huge oh these like gigantic asteroids that they would essentially just move around because it had it had, like, thrusters on it, so they could move it around to, um, the different colony areas, and they needed more materials to mine. And then after all the sides were built, I think it's close to side 7 for that reason, but and then it has, like, it also doubles as, like, a military outpost. Hmm. So the Titans have control of Luna 2, all of side 7, and now they have control of the former bait, uh, Alboa Ku Fortress from the end of, uh, 0079. Yeah. Which has been renamed as the Ga- the Gate of Zidane. And it's been moved to Side 7. And so now it looks like they're moving from the Grips... From the Grips Colony, which was where the... Side 7. They're moving the, all their administration to the Gate of Zidane. They've completely turned Grips 2, uh, which was a green... Which was Camille and Fa's home, completely into just a death laser. <laughs> So fuck anybody who was living there, I guess. Yeah, fuck them. Who? What happened to them? Who knows? Who cares? What happened to Fa's parents? I don't know. I hope Fa finds out. Or, or you might hope she doesn't. Oof. 
depending on what happened. You see the, uh, the Titans have a big meeting in this episode, though, and, like, their hologram room, Bass comes back for the first time in, like, fucking 30 episodes. Yeah. He still sucks. And, and Bask is just like, I don't trust Scirocco, that guy's up to something, he's not, he's a fascist, but he's not our kind of fascist. I'm gonna yeah. take I'm gonna take the Dogas gear away from him. Like, this guy's too smart. I don't like it. And Basque straight up tells Shiraka to his face, like, I don't like you, I don't trust you, and you know what makes you a fucking dickhead? You believe that no person exists with abilities superior to your own. And that's probably true. And Shiraka just kind of chuckles, like, <laughs> as an INTJ, I knew you'd say that. <laughs> Oh, God. But uh, Bass commandeers the Dogas Gyar and takes Rekoa with him. And uh, meanwhile, in this episode, everyone's kind of on vacation. Like, yeah. I, I, in my notes, I said, Emma is dressed like a fucking Southern Belle, Camille looks like a psychology grad student, and Fa looks like a rodeo girl. <laughs> <laughs> Just the wildest outfits I've ever seen. I have a screen cap of them, I'll send you, because they're... They're fucking ridiculous. There's some wild outfits. Like, we, you were saying, like, one of your favorites was Sarah's when uh, in Half Moon Love. Yes. So good. Steal that look. And you were saying how Fa looks like a fucking, like, professional wrestling manager. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. I have the, I have the screen cap because it's ridiculous. There it is. Yeah, I just love the, the big, the, the enormous, like, jewel on her fucking bolo tie which is she's wearing a bolo tie first of all second of all her like big poofy like big poofy shoulders and like it's, upper it's arms. like bright red high high waisted red leather pants and i can't tell if fa just has like a gigantic ass or like the pants are doing that it's this is the kiriko effect again yeah it might be a kiriko thing going on but like i don't know i think I, I feel like, I feel like that's just her shape. Um, and fucking Camille's like weird sweater, <laughs> looking like a looking like a looking like a fucking uh post post TOS old Star Trek character <laughs> with the fucking yeah, with the fucking I, awkward flap that nobody ever buttons up all the way. And then I have no idea what Emma's wearing. Emma fell out of her fucking closet. I'll tell you what. <laughs> She just looks awful. She's wearing because it's like the the sleeves are the same. The sleeves are this exact same color as the dress, so I think that's one complete dress item. And then she has put like a yellow, like small yellow, like short sleeved like jacket, or is it just another shirt? Did she put a button up shirt over like a full gown? Like what the fuck is this? <laughs> I'm, this is the only time we've seen Emma out of, like, a military uniform. Like, all of their collars are so big that if they popped them, they wouldn't have any peripheral fucking vision. <laughs> it's it's the best. I love I love all the crazy outfits. It's so good. It's to but, be uh, expected. Uh, so we have some titans that are breaking the, the rules by being here, and they're <sighs> spying on everybody. They would never. Basque is like, send in the crazy lady. And just see what happens. Just, just drop her in there. And so they, they drop Rosamia off. And she's like, initially this, like, 
yes, the I am here to defeat the AU, and she kind of sounds like really serious in her mental di- in her like in her monologue. Uh huh. And then she like spots Camille, and she's like, "Oh, it's my brother!" And her entire personality just flips. It's literally, it's literally when you like fucking. G- 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 like walk into like walk into a room like you sit down at your desk and you're like I'm gonna work on this fucking thing today I got an important thing to do I'm gonna do this thing today, and then you fucking <laughs> you fucking see Camille and it's like oh shit that's my boy and then you watch Zeta Gundam. And uh, Emma dips because she's kind of just like I I'm I'm out of here I got other things to do I guess and the, you Fa and Camille and the kids can go have a nice time at this like. This is apparently this is the only episode in the show where Camille doesn't get into a mobile suit. <laughs> I never really, I never noticed that. I didn't realize that. That's it true. was a trivia bit on the wiki. That this is the only episode where Camille doesn't doesn't like fight in a mobile suit. <laughs> I kind of wish there was a little more of that in 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 Zeta Gundam because I think this show the only problem I have with this show really like in terms of like its pace is that every episode needs to have some sort of mobile suit encounter. Sure. And I just feel like it would have been how awesome would it have been if we had, like, one or two episodes where it was just, like, life on the Argama or people dealing with something that isn't, like, a battle. But yeah. I think it's just because this is a TV anime. There needs to be at least one battle per episode. Absolutely. Like, nobody's binging this back in the day. Like, you don't, like, you, you don't want to wait a whole week for the next exciting episode of Zeta Gundam. And it's like, there's not fucking, where's the cool robot for me to go wow at? <laughs> and that, that's part of what makes Gundam fun. And it's... Is like that. There, that is, that is the fun component of Gundam. Is like, yeah, cool robots. But... I think Gundam is definitely. I think Gundam as is definitely a strong enough franchise now where it's like you can have those episodes and it's it's it's, it's you know it's it's not as damning of a thing. That's almost exact. That's almost entirely what Gundam uh, Thunderbolt was. <laughs> I mean, there was battles in that, but how much of that run to, of the runtime of the OVA was just around like horrifically sad montages of Daryl coping with not having limbs anymore. Um, yeah, no. And then, and then the, the, whenever the battles did happen, they were like brief and frantic and terrifying. <laughs> yeah. It was, it was Sane and Gundam. Yeah. It, it, so, Rosamia shows up, Rosamie, and like, well, they're, they're all like in like a horse and buggy. And Fa's like, why are you, like, leaning all over my boyfriend? Why are you, like, who, who, who is this lady? And the, the Shintan Kum takes her, like, immediately. Yeah. And, but, like, Camille, Camille's just being very patient, like, hey, listen, I don't know you. Who are you? Um, yeah, he's being extremely, like, nice and gentle with this, like, clearly confused person. Um, and the kids are kids, so they don't care. And, like, Fa... I don't even necessarily think Fa is, like, totally out of line. I think especially given their circumstances, she's in, she's right to be s- skeptical. And I do think Camille, like, it's like, Cam- Camille is a bleeding heart. Uh, but I think he, I, I think in this specific instance, he, he does let his, like, greater, n- like, need to, like, help humanity and be a good person like getting in the way of a much larger goal of like responsibly not just letting any motherfucker who's nice to you onto the fucking argama camille um it's you know it's a fraught situation but i think it, it, it was initially funny because it's like fa is arguably being the most responsible but because 
there is no one around her to back her up and it's just it's just two kids who never want to be responsible and camille who rarely wants to be responsible <laughs> and she's just outvoted constantly like this whole day and it makes her look like a tsundere she hates it like I, she wore she like warms up a bit to rosamio and she's like oh are you my brother's girlfriend I, i'm pretty sure he would date somebody exactly like you yeah she like begrudgingly is just like fucking thank you <laughs> fucking compliment shut up Finally, someone acknowledges, and Camille won't even acknowledge that we're dating. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, Char is flying around outside, notices, like, the two Heizics parked, and he's like, what the fuck is going on here? So the two Titans, I forgot what their names are, they're, they're on the death list, because they both die. <laughs> but just these two Titan, I, I just wrote them as the two Titan idiots in my notes. <laughs> Uh, just decide, like, hey, we're gonna fuck... Like, they see Char, and they're like, Yo, that's Yakushiki! We got two Hyzaks, dude! Dude, there's, like, two of us. We can totally take him. <laughs> and Char, like, they, they get the jump on Char, and he's just like, What the fuck? You guys are, like, shooting directly at the colony, and they, like, poke, ho poke holes in it. This entire time, Char is just screaming, like, What the fuck is happening? So meanwhile, they're on. A, they're having a nice time on the boat. Camille, Rosamia, Fa, and the kids, and they notice a, a Mineva Zabi runs away from Haman and has a brief interaction with uh, with uh, Shinta and Kum, who I, I think she's like a little older. Like, I think they're like, I because I th she should be like eight. So she's probably. I think her and Shinta are like the same age. Yeah. And so like, but. I think this is the first time Mineva's ever, like, interacted with a child her own age. Oh, for sure. A hundred percent. Like, they, like, they, like, they, like, laugh at her for, like, just, like, being, like, weird and not, like, not as childlike as them. And then, like, Haman, where, Haman with this fucking, like, wild getup with huge earrings. Yeah, just, like, these really, they're, they're not even necessarily, like, enormously huge. They just look really heavy. They're, like, dense. Haman shows up and she's just like, "They're kidnapping Maneva," <laughs> and she and then she accuses Char of like, "So this was Char's plan to kidnap Maneva." Oh my god! Now that would be a fucking twist. It's like, oh hey, uh, I found these two I, I I found these two kids and I brought them on the Argama as as a ridiculously long con to uh, make sure Maneva has friends when I inevitably kidnap her. <laughs> I'm sorry, liberate her. Yeah. <laughs> and then Maneva just goes, no, kidnapped. <laughs> Poor baby Sam. Where's, yeah, where's the A, give me an A, give me an AU, uh, an AU, give me an AU where baby Sam is raised by Char. <laughs> if, if the PS1 ending of the, uh, like, the ending of the uh, PS1 Zeta game is any indication it seems that after the events of double zeta mineva was hanging out with char oh wow because it cuts to like it show it's like it cuts to like he looks like quattro but he's not wearing sunglasses he's just wearing like a regular like button-down shirt and pants mm -hmm. and he like he's living in he's like in like a mansion he like turns around and mineva's like behind him so huh. that hasn't been elaborated on in anything else if i'm if i it, it might not even be canon but who knows I choose to believe it is because I like I like I like when they interact. 
I do too. I like to think that he had, maybe he spent the entirety of Double Zeta just fucking, like, planning that. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, Haman is now like, oh, they're trying to have him in Ava. So then a Gaza siege just, like, erupts out of a building. And then there's, like, this huge, all this chaos and the entire colony just gets fucked and then Char gets arrested by the cops for (laughs) violating international law. Oh God! Yeah, he just like goes quietly. This is, I love I, that is that is such a funny visual. Just them calmly talking while Char is arrested. <laughs> I'm just imagining like that when Lancelot gets arrested at the end of like fucking Holy Grail on the Holy Grail. <laughs> I'm uh, just imagining at like, the end of 0079 and Amro and Char are both just handcuffed, <laughs> dragged off screen. <laughs> Sam was like, "Wait, what's happening? What's happening?" It's like in Zenigata. You're under arrest for the murder of Garmazabi. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> That's really funny. If Lupin III was in the Universal Century, what's the biggest, most ridiculous thing he could steal? I'm going to say Laplace's box. But, but that's the entire plot of Unicorn. I don't want to spoil what that is. <laughs> I was about to say, but okay. He, he would steal the MacGuffin from Gundam Unicorn. <laughs> <laughs> oh, if it's the final episode of Gundam Unicorn, they're about to reveal what Laplace's box truly is, and just, it's just gone. It's just being towed. It's just being towed through space by like a little yellow ball with all four of them crammed inside. <laughs> yes. And then he got his piloting another ball with a police siren on top of it. <laughs> yes, that is exactly what happens. Goemon somehow has a lightsaber from Edeon. Yes. So, Rosamia's now on the Argama because they really didn't know what else to do with her. And she still is... She's afraid of Emma because Emma's kind of just like... Uh, this is like... Everyone on the board is super uncomfortable with Rosamia. Yeah, it's it's pretty much clear, like, as soon as she brings them on. Like, I feel like they have enough, like, gut instinct and superstition and, and just, like, they've all, they've all, they're all good enough at war to be like, this, on paper, there, we can't come up with any reason to, like, turn this, turn this woman down for, like, refuge, but fucking anytime shit like this happens it's always bad like something really bad's gonna happen and it's gonna be rosamie's fault <laughs> like uh char pretty much says that and says hey i want dr hassan to like examine her to like because i i have a weird vibe for her she might be a cyber new type so we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna make her go through some tests yeah meanwhile Rekua is now on the jupitress with shirako and then Shiraco says some, like, some shitty shit where he's like, none of the men aboard the Argama were willing to take care of you. And he, like, inserts himself into that role, playing off of her fucking issues. Bleh. And he, and then she's all like, I don't know if I should trust you, Shiraco. He's, like, embracing her, and he just says, like, if my feelings turn out to be insincere, you may strike me through the heart. <laughs> How cool would have that been if, if Rekua killed Shiraco? Right? I'm saying I wanted that to happen. I, I, cool. I fucking said that. I am on record saying I hope she fucking kills him. Ugh. 
And so uh, she launches in like a masala and uh, attacks the Argama. And uh, everyone, like Rekoa immediately solos out Camille. And uh, everybody launches to fight her. During the battle, Rosamia starts to to have she starts reminding me of like Ypsilon from like Last Red Shoulder, where it's like I must do war. <laughs> but like Fought is like sitting there, kind of calming her down or trying to. Uh, Camille beats her. Camille defeats Rekoa, and but like Camille's just like Rekoa, is that you? Like what the fuck, Rekoa? I thought you were dead. It's so good to see you. You're you're just a spy for the Titan. You're spying on the Titans, right? That's so cool. You're like a deep cover agent because like it's super deep cover. And Rekko was like, no, Camille, like, it's it's not... No, I've, I'm, I'm a Titan now. And Camille doesn't take it too well. Yeah, because cause it's, like, cause it's bullshit. Because it's complete bullshit. Um, and she's just like... I was... I was honestly... I was honestly still waiting for the... For the double agent drop. I was like, this has to be... This has to be for something. And it fucking wasn't. It's not... She, she says, like, Camille, please, like, we're just going to be enemies now. We have to just pretend we don't know each other. Let's forget we ever existed. Don't make this difficult for me. Yeah, right? Like, I like I need, I need you to respect my decision to be a fat, to become a fascist. And, like, Camille's just like, no, Rekoa. He's still calling her Miss Rekoa. Rekoa-san. Uh. Like, you're, like, he's like, Rekoa, this is bullshit. Stop. And then she just says, you're so kind, it's almost cruel. You'll end up being killed by your own sincerity. You're not wrong. And I'm like, oh, I thought that was a good line. And then she says, like, okay, Camille, like, I'll give you, I'll give you one bit of Titan tidbit info because I like you. Because you're Camille. <laughs> yeah, kid, buy yourself something nice. Uh, the colony laser's done and it's ready to fire. And uh, the Argama needs to get out of here as soon as possible because we're essentially here just to blow you up. So uh, Camille dips back and the Argama retreats. He tells Emma this, and Emma just is like, no, like, you, this, you're lying. That, that, maybe it wasn't Rekoa, and then they're, and then as soon as she copes with the fact that it is Rekoa, she's like, well, Camille, you should have just fucking shot her then. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, Emma, of all people. <laughs> like, I think Bright or someone points out, like, dog, like, you can't, you have no right to fucking say that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's always exactly what what Bright says. And Quattro's just like, okay, I think the Kali laser shit is right, so we gotta get out of here quick. Yeah, Bask, like, Why? Bask is just sitting in his fucking chair like, now witness the power of a fully functional colony laser. <laughs> Essentially. Uh, but Emma's just like, why should we trust anything she says? Maybe, maybe like, it's not ready and that they're trying to get us to run away so we don't, we don't fucking get there before it's done. But everyone kind of disagrees. Yeah, it's like, nah, fuck that. And Bright's like, okay, <laughs> shit's fucked right now. Let's not tell anybody else outside of this room about Rekoa. And Camille's like, why the fuck not? Like, what, what, Bright? And Camille storms off and tells Fa immediately. <laughs> God. Uh, meanwhile, Rosamia doesn't want to get checked out by Dr. Hassan. And Dr. Hassan is just like, listen, she's like really fighting me, but there are some signs she might be a cyber new type. And then Emma kind of apologizes to Camille for slapping him in the, fe in the fucking head. 
Uh, Basque fires the colony. It misses the argo- miss fires the laser. It misses the argama because they got out of range, I think. And so they just decide, oh well, it's already charged. Let's fire it anyway. Just blow up a random colony as a show of force. And Basque just makes Reko a watch because like Reko is about to leave the bridge. Like I don't want to see this. And he's just like, no, you you, you stand here, or I'm going to shoot you. I want you to see this. This is the power of the Titans. And Camille just has, like, viscerally feels all of it. Literally the fucking... Literally the fucking Aldran blowing up shit with Obi-Wan. And Camille just... Oof, he, he feels that. God damn. He's, he's a good boy. He's a good boy. Uh, so the next episode, Camille is still really bummed about Rekoa, and uh, but we get a comedic scene where uh, they get a call on their elevator phone, because I guess there's just phones everywhere on the Argama. Convenient. And uh, Shinta, Coom is standing on Shinta's shoulders, screaming that Doctor Hassan is trying to dissect Rosami. <laughs> so they investigate, and Doctor, poor Doctor Hassan. He's just like, why am I? He's just like, I, I, I'm like, I went to like military medical school. I'm like a, I'm a, I'm a veteran combat medic from the one year war. <laughs> How the fuck did I end up in this situation? Yeah, really, just fucking babysitting these, these, these creatures. And uh, Camille, the, essentially, he's just like, I'll give you guys candy if you just please shut up and let me examine you. <laughs> And it just works, and then Rosamia takes off her shirt. Camille sees her boobs, and Fog gets mad. Uh, and that and that was the that was the scene. Comedy, comedy. Uh, Basque is like, "Hey, Reko, I got another thing, shitty thing, I'm gonna make you do. You're gonna go and gas another colony, because uh, if we're gonna we're just gonna repeatedly gas colonies inside too until they." Uh, until they stop helping the AU. <laughs> We're just gonna. Uh, I'm just gonna keep guessing side two until uh, I, don't, I don't fucking know until until I everyone's like, too until scared of funny. us. To... Until it's not <laughs> funny anymore. <laughs> and Rekka was like, "Can I not?" And he's like, "No." And then punches her in the face. Yeah. Because <laughs> Basque is the worst human being to ever live. Uh, at least Rekka got to kill Basque. Yes. At least there's that. Uh, and so Basque says, honestly, this is just a diversion so that we can draw the, so that we can draw the Ayug away from attacking us at our, at like our, while the colony, essentially to prevent them from, from blowing up the colony laser before it can recharge. So they're going to, so we're just going to do this and then they have to stop us and that's going to waste their time. Uh, Dr. Hassan tells Camille, hey, listen, buddy, there's like some evidence that she might be a cyberneotype, but nothing conclusive yet. They kind of are really dragging out whether or not Rosamie's a cyber new type, even though it's pretty fucking obvious. Yeah, well, I I think it also like they they keep it so vague as to what even kind of medical science he's doing to come to that conclusion. He I think he's doing like blood tests because mm. he says that there's like a there's like a large amount of like different drugs and chemicals in her blood. Like she's been chemically modified. Uh, Rekua intentionally trips a laser security system, bringing mobile suits to a colony, which alerts and and uh, so the side two calls the aid to help and and like Reko is essentially saying like, I'm gonna do this, but I'm if the uh, 
if the AU fails to stop us, this is their fault. <laughs> uh, my hands are bloodless. Fucking great logic there, Rekoa. Yeah, I mean it's it's not it's not dissimilar to Camille's to Camille's old classic fucking uh you you, you die you chose to die by coming out to fight me. So everybody launches to go do the operation, the the battle of the week. Because this is really isn't monster of the week; it's more just like encounter of the week. Yeah, of the week in space. In space, double seventy nine was that as well as was photons. Please watch Armored Trooper Photons. Please watch Armored Trooper Photons. We didn't tell you in this episode. <laughs> uh, so while the battle's happening, R- Rosamie just like has a weird headache, and she says, "Hey, like the kids are like, yeah, it's okay. Like Kiel's gonna be fine. He has the Zeta Gundam. It's such a cool mobile suit. He's gonna protect all of us." And then Rosamie is just like, "I can pile on mobile suits, you know." And they're like, "Really? That's so cool." <laughs> <laughs> You should go help. You should go help Camille, <laughs> and they help her fucking jack a new a Nemo. To the point where like Char is just like, Char's like shooting at her like, they, I fucking knew this was gonna go bad. Char's not taking any chances. And uh, as she comes out, she kind of Rosamie distracts Camille. She, he's unable to complete the operation. And, uh, like, uh, Char starts following Rosamiya with the Kyakushiki and fires a couple times at the, uh, like, essentially, like, Rosamiya, stop her, I'm gonna blow you up. And she's just not listening, and he fires a couple shots at her. She dodges like a fucking badass. And Char's just like, okay, that's, that's crazy. Like, so this woman who is, like, barely a functional person is now a, an ace pilot out of nowhere. What is happening? <laughs> Uh, the, yeah, the colony is gassed and everybody dies. Camille feels it again, and Rekoe says, if only the AU could get their shit together. He, like, tries to reach out to her in, like, psychically, but, but, like, they, they fight again, and he tries to beseech her, and she, she doesn't. But in the middle of their battle, Rosamia just latches onto Camille. And she manages to shoot down a, a Heisek with, like, ext- like this, and make a crazy shot on a Heisek. Uh, Quattro argues with Rekoa, and Rekoa, like, says, Oh, Char, you and your mighty high horse, you look down on everybody. That's why, that, that, that's why nobody likes you. <laughs> this is a fucked up part where uh, Camille lands inside the dead colony, and there's just, like, a dead child on the road. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. And then Rosamita thinks it's Shinta, or well, thinks it's Shinta, and just starts like shaking it, like Shinta, get up, get up. And Camille's just like Rosamita, this is like fucked up. Can we get, can we not be here, please? Yeah. And uh, during that, uh, Rosamia then flips back to her to Rosamia, uh, tries to attacks Camille, and then she ends up leaving with the Titans. And uh, Camille has uh, totally has a moment to kill her, but she like. He just can't do it. Of course. It's, it's, I wouldn't be able to. And, uh... Then, Haman has to, uh... Haman has to make everything worse. Yes, she's so good at that. Haman is coming back. So, episode 42. Uh, the colony laser is, is almost fully charged, and it's getting into position to fire at Granada, the biggest city on the moon. 
which would affect which would effectively destroy the Ayug. And every so everybody's evacuating Granada on Mas uh, due to Titan threats. The Argama's resupplied, and Ra- and the Radish comes back. We get to see Hankin again. Yeah. And they head back to side two because nothing good can ever happen to side two. Absolutely. So Doctor Hassan has like a presentation of like here's all of my evidence that that rec- that uh, Rosamia is in fact a cyber new type. And everyone's kind of like, all right, uh, what do we think about this? And Camille is kind of like, that's so fucked up. Those aren't real new types. Like, this is, you can't, like, rush evolution. This is just, you can't artificially do it. And he, like, storms off. Uh, and Char kind of says the big, the big, says a big, like, eyebrow-raising line. If we wait for nature to take its course, Earth will deteriorate at the hands of human of humanity. Yeah, I picked up on that real quick, and I was just like, Char, you can't just say that. Um, I love, I absolutely love how many, how, how many fucking char breadcrumbs are peppered throughout Zeta. It's all right there. On God, I'm on my old shit again. (laughs) Uh, and then Hassan is like, Emma, you haven't had a checkup recently. You should undo your shirt. And she's like, I don't want to be here anymore and leaves. Goodbye. I feel like based on Hassan's reaction to her to that, I don't think he meant it that way, but... No, he's just being a fucking, like, a, a, a thoughtless doctor who just, like, f- forgot, that, forgot that people don't like being naked around people they don't know. <laughs> so Bright tells, you know, earlier on, Bright was telling Char, like, public favor has swung entirely into the AUG's favor, even among, like, most of the Federation government. I, the AUG is getting reinforced a lot by the Federation. I'm thinking, at least all, at least as much as they can underneath the Titans' nose. And so Bright's like, I don't really know if I want to use you as a pilot anymore because you'd be way more influential, continuing to act as you did on uh, during the day at Dakar. And Char is kind of like, I don't like that. <laughs> I don't want to. Don't please don't put me in the spotlight, please. Uh, don't no no. I I just want to. I don't want to shoot gun in space. I'm good at that. And then Rosamia has teamed up with the manic twink uh, Gates Kappa, the only male cyber new type in the series. Weird. In this series, he's weird. Yeah, he's kind of he's kind of Ypsilon. He has he's the same voice actor as Judah from Double Zeta. Huh. Who also voiced four? He also was Aji's, uh, who was killed by Jared, the 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 self doubting Titan. <laughs> and then we meet a uh, Lauren Nakamoto, who is like. His version of Namakar Cornell. According to the Gundam Wiki, he survived, but I don't know how because he was right next to Basque as the fucking Dogas gear blew up. So, yeah, I mean Yazan survived. Yeah, at least saw Yazan like eject in an escape pod. <laughs> Whereas like Nakamoto seemingly was disintegrated. So I don't know if the Gundam Wiki just forgot to mark him. I marked him as dead because until I see evidence of how he survived. I, I'll, he's he's for, for now marked deceased, uh, but he doesn't die yet. He's like, okay, we we've where we've paired Rosamia up with Gates Kappa, so maybe we can imprint her onto Gates as a and like you know change her brainwashing to make her think that Gates is her brother, but it's not working because she keeps talking about Camille, and she's now reframed the narrative in her head that I need to save Camille from the Argama. Yeah, like Camille's Camille's trapped by the Ayuk. I have to go rescue him. 
And so uh, Shane's and Cooper are like, you're going to bring back Rosamie, right? And he's like, yes. <laughs> I'll try. Uh, the Ale- So the, Do- the Alexandria just doesn't back up the Doga's gear. And uh, Basque is just like, huh. Like, Chiraco's just refusing to back me up. And I think this is... Because he, the, uh, the reason they give is like, oh, we ran into some, like, maintenance trouble. Like, the ship isn't functioning properly. We can't back you up. <laughs> and Basque is like, doubt. So, once again, they're trying to stop another gas attack. Uh, it's fucking, they're fa- just doing the hits. Everybody goes out again. And this is actually the same colony where they met Rosamia. This one's, that this one's getting gas now. Uh, they end up breaking into the colony. Char does as well, and he sees that, like, one house where Maneva was staying, I guess. And one of uh, Maneva's caretakers is dying on the ground, I guess from just, like, oxygen deprivation or, like, the gas co- the gas going into effect. Yeah. And she's just like, Char, and he's like, Lamia, because Char was on access for, like, fucking five years before he went back with, uh, to the um, Earth Sphere. So he was just like, she was like, please, like, like, Haman dipped with Maneva, but she's dead. And she says, like, please protect Maneva. She has a gentle heart. She isn't really cut out for all this war shit. She was... It was... Don't please, Char, for the love of God, please do not blame this on the misfortune of her birth. <laughs> no, I, I remember that. Like, that is that is literally what she was saying. And, like, Char... Char's fucked up about it. Char's, fucked, Char's been fucked up about this whole situation. Char's been just, like, low-key fucked up. So this one ends with kind of nothing really, nothing really productive happened. Like the another colony is completely destroyed. Uh, Rosamia gets nuked with even more mind control rays, and Quattro is now even more in a position to. Uh, well, this what actually ha- what the big thing that happens in this episode is they decide we gotta call Haman for help. God. We have no other choice. Surprise, bitch. So you came crawling back. <laughs> so uh, Melanie Hugh Carbine, whose name it's spelled Hugh like the color, not like the name, mm-hmm. like H U E, like a color Hugh. Uh, his wife is a main character in Unicorn. Oh. So uh, he's essentially like, all right, we have no choice. Char, get over to Axis. You need to grovel. You need to do whatever you can to ensure that Haman Karn helps us because otherwise all of Granada will be destroyed my entire corporation will be destroyed and the AU will be destroyed <laughs> in that order so everyone has new nobody likes this and Kotz really doesn't want to work with Emma, with work with uh, Haman and Emma's just like we don't have a choice here Kotz like you you can't like you can't just not. So they decide. So they're like, "All right, if you're going to be insubordinate, we're going to throw you into fucking hetero baby jail." <laughs> and then Kotz has the fucking audacity to dodge a slap from Bright. Oh yeah, he does. Like I am surprised Bright just didn't immediately like knee him in the stomach. <laughs> <laughs> like that's you have the audacity. Like if Bright's going to slap you, it's just going to happen. Yeah, you gotta let it. 
Camille volunteers to go onto the Guadon despite not wanting to do it, not, despite agreeing with Kotz. <laughs> Where Kotz is just like, he's like, yeah, I really don't like Haman. And the last time we saw them, this wasn't great. But uh, we don't really have a choice. And I feel like if this was Camille, like around episode 9 or 10, he would be doing the same shit Kotz is doing. Oh, yeah, 100%. He would be in. He would be in there with Kotz. God, that had been awful. So Camille launches in the Zeta alone with a white flag towards the Guadon because the Axis is making its way closer. But this is like their advanced ship. Hmm. Camille lands on the Guadon, which is where they 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 were on the last time we saw the Axis. And the Guadon is this huge like death ship that everyone's terrified of going up against. So Haman receives Camille, and Camille, they're like, Haman's just like, what the fuck do you want, Camille? What are you doing here? He's like, okay, here, here's a letter from Melanie Hugh Carbine, head of, uh, head of Anaheim Electronics, so technically the chief financier of the Ayug. And Haman's like, okay, cool, they're going to give us all of side three and, in order for us to help. So all of the former Zeon colonies will go straight to Haman. And uh, she's like, so Camille's like, are we, we're going to do the second half of negotiations on the uh, Argon. And Haman's like, all right, I'll be there in like an hour. So Camille heads back to the Argama, and then she's like, get the fucking Kubelay ready. <laughs> so she gets into her Kubelay and does a flyby of the bridge, and Char is just like, Oh, god damn it, they finished the Kubelay. And just, like, a fuck ton of Gaza Seas behind her, just surrounding the Argama. It's very good. So, Haman gives this whole spiel about, Alright, you, you guys are now officially subservient to the rule of the zombie family, and if you don't swear that you are, I'm going to launch a complete and total nuclear attack on the Earth right now. This extra bitch. And so she's like, and if you guys are cool with that, he's like, yeah, I'm cool with that. She's like, okay, sick. So at the last second, I am going to, before um, they can fire the uh, colony laser, I'm going to just fire all the main guns of the Guadon at it and disable it before it can fire. Uh, well, before it can get, it's not before it can fire. It's to, it's to blow up the nuclear engines so that they can't move it into position. Yeah. And, uh, and Bright is just like, holy, like, Bright and Char kind of look at each other and they're like, holy shit, we are completely and utterly at her mercy right now. <laughs> and he's just like, Char, or how about staying on the bridge in a leadership capacity? And Char is just like, nah. I gotta get out there gotta fly i'm a bird i got I'm, I, I, I'm like a bird i got wings i gotta fly so during during the uh during the uh, operation haman waits until like like everybody launches they even let cots out of prison because taurus almost went out <laughs> they just they, they are running such a skeleton crew yeah they lost batch who's next apolly yeah uh, we'll be sad. That's happening soon. So Haman decides, I'm not going to blow up the colony laser, because like, I think that was the original plan. Haman was going to, she was just going to blow it up completely, but Haman's like, but if I blow it up, I can't use it. 
So why don't I just blow up a part of it that we can fix? That is... That, the that, are, that's her galaxy brain. That's all that is. And so Haman does that, which ends... Uh, Basque is cautioned to stay at grips. Uh, he's just like... He demands everyone shoot at the Guadon and attack, but they're like, nah, we can't do that. We're gonna get fucking... We're gonna get fucked up. We gotta we gotta lick our wounds right now because we were not expecting Haman to do that. Mm-hmm. And uh, so Quattro go, goes onto the Guadon and kneels before Mineva, thanks her, and swears his allegiance to her. And then when Char gets back to the Argama, he just like sits in the little like plant outdoor ish room and just like has his hand in his head and he's just like shaking, <laughs> like that that was the hardest thing he's ever done in his life. I just swore allegiance to the zombie family. Again. Again. So, episode 44. Now we're getting into the final act of Zeta. Uh, that episode 43... Episodes 43 through 40... Through 45. These three episodes I consider the Haman arc. Because this is just Haman fucking everything up. <laughs> yeah, this no, is this Haman. is where the, the bulk of my... The, the bulk of my Haman screen caps are, are, are from, like, this this batch of episodes. The Haman arc. So Yamatov, commander of the Titans, is completely flabbergasted by Jared, of all people. Where he's like, motherfucker, you are still alive. That I, that technically means you are the best Titan by process of elimination. <laughs> so he gives him, like, a wrist gun. It's like a wristband that when you flick it, it, like, fires bullets. Wow. And he's like, all right. Haman's gonna come in here, and she's gonna explain herself, and if I don't like her answer, you're gonna shoot the fucking, you're gonna murder her. Jared's like, sick. Jared is like, yes, sir, I will not, nothing bad ever happens to the Titans. <laughs> I'll avenge both my girlfriends. God. And so, so, the Ayuga, so Haman's just left the Ayuga on red at this point. Yeah, she's just doing her own fucking thing. <laughs> Uh, Sarah's talking with Shirako, and Shirako is just, like, he was just, she's like, you never, like, use me for missions anymore, you're always just sending out Rekoa, and you're always, like, with Rekoa, and you never use me anymore. He's like, no, but Sarah, that's because I trust you enough to act on your own now. I don't trust Rekoa yet, that's why she needs my supervision, but you've already, like, graduated from needing my guidance. Which is just, like, the shittiest thing in the world. Yeah, just just the most like, like n n no, you can't complain. Nothing's ever nothing's ever wrong with anything I do or say. I I have an excuse for everything, and you're gonna and you will intrinsically believe me because because you just have fucking given yourself to me all of your agency. So Sarah attacks the Argama while the thing at the Gate of Zidane is going down. The Guadon docks with with them, or at least Haman somehow gets over there with a couple of Xeon guys. And so uh, Camille and Sarah fight, and they, he once, for the last time, he's just like, come on, Sarah, join the AU. Like, leave Shirako alone. Can't you see what he's doing? And Sarah just said, he's like, you're going to get yourself killed about this. He does, look, he's, he's literally saying, he threw you at the Argama hoping that we'd kill you. 
And she's just like, well, I'm just willing to die for his ideals. Uh, I'm willing to die for that, Camille. Are you willing to die for your ideals? And Camille's just like, no, because dying is just worthless. There's nothing valuable in death. What'll it be, Camille? So Haman arrives on her apology tour. <laughs> and uh, the negotiations break down pretty much immediately. And Haman is just like, well, I'm in a better position than you are right now. And the AU gave me a better deal. And Haman's just, and Yamatov is like, Jared, get her! And then, like, she, he fires a gun. She, And at the same second, she throws a smoke poison bomb and, like, action rolls out of the room. Oh, <laughs> Somehow yeah. Jared and Yamatov escape. I mean, the other Titans in the room, they just all die. Like, this is, this is that's the exact second that, like, everything escalates. <laughs> it's pretty bad. So everybody uh, launches except Kotz, because he refuses to fight for Zeon. And uh, so... Camille has Sarah, like, handcuffed in his fucking, like, cockpit of the Zeta. And so Kotz is just like, I'm not gonna launch, but then he's like... Oh my god, it's my girlfriend. And he jumps into uh, he jumps into the Mathis and launches. God, I have personal reasons now. And uh, Haman's just like, oh, alright. Yamatov is just like a, an old fascist and the AU can probably wipe him out at this point. He's not my main threat. The biggest threat here is fucking Pathemis Shiraco. So I'm going to focus all my attacks on the on the Jupiteris because he. I'm not afraid of the AU. I'm not afraid of... I'm not afraid of the uh, Titans, but I am worried about Chiraco. Hmm. I don't trust him. And I honestly think I'm not going to risk leaving him alive. That's fair. So Jared has a, Jared goes out with his, with his Bjarlint. And, uh, That's my favorite piece of Ikea furniture. The Bjarlint. <laughs> so then... Uh, Jared manages to damage the Guadon, and uh, Sarah like manages to op manages to weasel her way out of captivity for a third time, <laughs> while he's busy fighting Jared. But Kotz shows up and distracts her for a minute, and then Sarah's just like, "Kotz, you gotta kill Haman. Haman's the really evil one here." And Kotz is like, "Got it. Gonna kill Haman." <laughs> he. Always Sunny episode. Kotz does not kill Haman Karn. No, quite the opposite. So they bring... They, they manage to get her back on board the Argama again as a prisoner. <laughs> Twice in the same episode. And, uh... They... And then... Essentially, just because Yamatov insulted her, Haman's like, I'm gonna crash my asteroid base into your asteroid base, and we're gonna see who fucking wins. God, I love this woman. Episode 45. So the Titans are like, fucking... Alright, so we're we're coughing a rock in a hard place here. Should we evacuate? Like, now, if in case Haman is bluffing? but In case she's not bluffing? Or... Like, or, you know, do we stay here and, like, try to prevent it? Because, like, how, how much of... How big of pussies does that make us look like? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, so that's, that's pretty much there. That's pretty much their entire political ideology, and once again, an, ext an extremely similar type of, like, weakness-averse uh, optics-based uh, political ideology that uh, we have to deal with in this country today. 
So Bright explains his new plan that the Radish and the car and the Argama are going to position themselves a bit away, and they're going to trap the fleet. They're going to so essentially the Titans are trapped between them and the Guadon. So either direction that they run in, they're going to get they're going to get shot at. Cots uh, does. Uh, Shiraco then once again says like, Rekoa, you're on Operation Save Sarah because you are equally valuable to me. Kotz is watching her on the security cameras, and Camille shows up in like for missing the meeting because he was busy staring at Sarah on the monitor. <laughs> and Kotz just kind of continues to act like a shithead and says he can't fight anymore. And Camille just like slaps him in the head and is just like, "There's so many more important things to worry about right now." Yeah. Like this is the f- we're we are approaching the final battle of this conflict. Like, can you please just like wait, Kotz? <laughs> Can you please just, like, not be 14 for, like, a few more days? Exactly. That's almost word for word what he says. <laughs> Baskin Yamatov board the, uh, the Dogus gear, and they tell their, uh, new types to stay out, to stay put, in case they need them. Uh, Bright jokingly calls this operation, like, whack-a-mole. <laughs> where anytime a Titan ship tries to, like, leave, they just blow it up. From one of the many, like, hangar bays or ship bays of um, on Aboaku. Oh. Meanwhile, Medeavis practices her violin for Char. Yeah, I liked that. That was cute. Char's just sort of resigned himself to be her fucking babysitter in Hamonstead. Or to let, or, or just, like, be Hamon, be, be, be Medeavis, like, house guest. Like, Uncle Char's coming to visit. Uncle Char's coming to visit? I feel that's how she... You know, your father's the one I wanted to kill the least. (laughs) (laughs) She even says, like, I wish you could stay longer and tell me about my father and mother. And it's like, fucking, I, me too, me fucking too. Yeah, me too, Maneva. Uh, Rekoa has a fight with, uh, with Fa and essentially repeats the same, like, Rekoa, what are you doing? I have my reasons. Respect that. Uh, I'm a a woman, damn it, and that means I'm dumb as hell, and you're not allowed to judge me for it. And I think even people, like, several characters in the series are like, that's not how any of that works, Rekoa. What the fuck are you talking about? (laughs) I'm I'm also a woman, and you're fucking bonkers. That's I think that's once again word for word what Emma says. I think I'm just Emma kidding. I think that's all that's <laughs> happening. Emma's like, Reco, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> and then like Fa, like, cause like Fa tries to like understand it from Reco's perspective because she's Fa, and once again she's just like a, a a female Camille, like just a bleeding heart, and and then. And then, like, you know, like, oh, well, you know, it's because she's, like, a a woman, and I think she gets, Fa gets caught up in Rekawa's theatrics. Um, She does. And and Emma is the one to be like, no, that doesn't make, no, shut, what? (laughs) That doesn't make any fucking sense. I love it. I love Emma. Fa, like, Rekoa and Fa are, like, fighting and shooting at each other, and then like, two Isaacs show up, and one of them's about to take out Fa, and then Rekoa just kills both of them. Just shoots down two friendlies just to save Fa's life. Yeah, like, she she clearly still cares about interpersonal relationships. It's just, again, like, I wish we got way more of a focus on her self-sabotage. 
because like she just really I, like I don't even this like I like I she, I don't think she believes what she is saying when she says all that dumb shit like I am fully just like no she's just coming up with any reason under the sun to just fucking careen her life into the ground as fast and efficiently as she possibly can. Like, she quit the AU because she wasn't dying fast enough. She, she quit the AU because at least she could fuck once before she died. Yeah, like, fucking... It's just... It, it's, 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 it's a mess, and I wish they... I, I wish she got, like, a better told story. Because I think yeah. I think there's 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 some there's some compelling dramatic stuff there that I, you know, it's it's still extremely melodramatic, but you know this is basically a sometimes space melodrama opera. rules. Yeah, no, yeah. There's uh. a reason we talked for fucking like forty five minutes about Garma and Char's relationship and origin. Yeah, because it's the most important fucking part of origin. <laughs> it's the most important part. I don't care. I don't care about like. I don't care about like Amro and Kai like getting getting fucking beat up by Federation military police for stealing a tank. Fuck you, Kai. Fuck. Fuck you, Kai. How does he? Okay. Um. Aside, because I was thinking about this. Like, you you really think the Federation wouldn't like a one year war? veteran who was like on the white base to then become an investigative journalist like does the does like is Kai like is it dangerous to walk around in public and be Kai I 100% think so I mean Kai just randomly was walking around with a bullwhip and a gun yeah. so I'm assuming he's like a fucking like enemy of the state <laughs> Kai is just a fucking, like, gonzo war journalist. Kai is Hunter S. Thompson with a gun. So, just Hunter S. Thompson. <laughs> no, I figured it out. Kai is Hunter S. Thompson, but sober. Oh my god. So he's not tripping on acid. Yeah, no. <laughs> Twice as dangerous to the state. So, Frekema just says, blame this on the misfortune of your gender. <laughs> and flies off. She, she she says, like, I'm pretty much just an empty husk and I have no personal ideology. I want to die and I want to, and I all I know how to do is be this and I have a brain worm that was given to me by a purple motherfucker from Jupiter. I think that's the plot to Animorphs. Holy shit. <laughs> They're not from Jupiter. They're from some other planet. But they do they do give you earworms. Apparently Animorphs is also a very compelling science fiction war story. Uh KKA Applegate like ended that series in like a very like bittersweet almost like young adult Tomino-esque way and people asked the Animorph author like, "Yo, why'd you make your story end so sad?" and she literally just had a whole like afterward at the end of her book just like Fuck it, like, basically just saying, like, like war is hell, and I don't think we should hide that from children. I, I remember always being fucked up that that one kid was always stuck as a falcon. Yeah. You're forever stuck. Now as an adult, I'm jealous. Dog, you just be a bird. Imagine just being a bird. Dog, you just be a bird. leave. 
you can just leave and just eat worms until you're dead and you don't have to worry because that was all you were all that's expected of you i'm burned now fuck yeah god watch out mice i'm a falcon if if any if anyone out there has ever wondered like what the fuck's the deal with furries why are they like that that's fucking why it's only sometimes also a sex theme thing it's mostly just like jesus christ i i, I look at an animal and it's just so happy and content with its surroundings and i need that desperately <laughs> Kotz and Sarah are having a whole dialogue this whole time, and then Sarah's like weirdly like, Kotz, you have to kill me, and Kotz is like, no, I'm into you. Kotz is like, I'm 14, I haven't touched a boob. <laughs> Can I at least touch your boob first? <laughs> Bad, but true. I feel like, like if Ka- I'm sorry, I feel like if, if Kotz actually asked that of Sarah, she'd be like, no, I'm not a slut. <laughs> Only on the no. everyone knows it's only after the fourth date. Just like some ma- some made up arbitrary middle school thing that she heard from a friend. I I'm just ima- wondering how Sarah fits into like the I I've recontextualized the workplace comedy. Mm-hmm. So it's it's a department store that's part of a it's like so there's a mall, and that's where like Fa and Camille and everybody are mall employees. Hankins like head of security. Bright's like the is like the manager. It's uh, the, like Anaheim Electronics owns the mall, and then there's like a fucking gigantic department store, like corporate department store owned by the Titans, <laughs> that's putting the mall out of business. Oh and Sarah works there. It's ca- it's called like it's called like Titan like I don't know like Titan Mart or just like uh, T Mart. T yeah T Mart. A titan of a shopping experience. <laughs> yeah, a titan. Yeah, a Titanic shopping titanic experience. Shiraco's head of HR, as problematic as that is. Oh uh, yeah, he's he's from he's from cor- he's from corporate. He's from like a whole other part of the country, and they flew him down here to get our shit right. <laughs> he buys. Yo, Shiraco's for real that regional manager who, like, you've worked at this job for six months and you've never met this dude, but then he rolls up and buys everybody pizza and you're just like, mm, what's what's going on? <laughs> no, Shiraco does one better. He's like, you guys want to get some beers after work? I'll pay. Yeah! You know what? <laughs> don't, you know what, guys? Guys, don't even bother clocking out till we get back. <laughs> <laughs> and then, like, every day after that, he's like a... He's like an absolute iron-fisted dickhead. I'm just imagining, like, we're in the middle of already writing this, and um, Yazan hits Yamaikin with his car in the parking lot. <laughs> Yazan gets, like, fired, and, like, he hits Yamaikin with his car, and then Shiraka gets gives him his job back. <laughs> oh my god, that's funny. We don't see a lot of Yazan in these episodes up until the end. Yeah, so much that, like, when he finally showed up, I was like, oh, fuck. This fool. Nobody dies off-screen in Gundam. <laughs> Apparently not. So, Rekwa manages to rescue Sarah. I th- I forget exactly how. Uh, Kotz, like, Re- Emma's like, Kotz, just fucking kill Sarah. And Kotz is like, I can't do it. I'm 14. <laughs> Emma's just like, yes, you are, Kotz. Yes, you are. <laughs> Axis arrives in the battle. Though Jared, ma- uh, ma- Jared kills Apolly in the middle of their battle, just out of nowhere. Apolly, like 
Apolly saves Fa. Yeah, yeah. And Apolly just jumps in the way, and he... Oh, man. I forgot that Apolly died. I thought he survived. Or I thought he just, like, kind of, like, faded away. I didn't. I forgot that Apolly died. Mm. And I'm like... So that, that kind of shocked me. I yeah, was, I like, was shook. Because it was like, oh, that's the beginning of the end right there. And everyone, like... You can see... Like, it's not dramatic. Like, everyone, like weeping and like kind of like how angry everybody was when Rekko had like quote unquote died but like you could just kind of see it everyone just like how deflated they are by Apolly's death yeah like it's 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 that much harder to fucking go on it's like fuck like what uh, yeah it's 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 heavy so we go we now end the Haman arc going straight into what I call the Maelstrom arc, which is episodes 46 through 50, because this is all about Operation Maelstrom, which is, uh, which is the, uh, Ayuk's plan to, to, uh, defeat both Axis and the Titans and seize control of the Colony Laser. Uh, so right now, Ax... So right now, the Ayug is kind of waiting on standby because currently the Titans and Axis are negotiating. Like, uh, Sarah, like, um, Shiraco's like, I'm gonna go negotiate with Haman because I'm Shiraco. Of course I am. Mm-hmm. And Sarah's like, no, it's too dangerous. She could kill you. Let me go. And then she kind of says, and then, like, is like, no, 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 I gotta go. And she, she, Sarah kind of then asserts herself a lot more than she ever has before and says, like, I don't like that you're favoring Greco, and I regret not joining the Ayug. Not word for word, but she definitely expresses her regret. But then, like, Greco was like, and Greco was like, yeah, Shiraka, you should treat us the same way. But Shiraka kind of pulls her second and goes, like, but you're legal and she's not. (laughs) To which Greco just kind of bites her lip and says, something misogynist. Yeah, just... Woof. <laughs> Hold up, everybody. Grandma has to say something racist. Yeah. <laughs> That's what Rekko has on her desk. <laughs> Emma Emma passive-aggressively drops quarters in there every time Rekko says something like in- vocalizes her internalized misogyny. <laughs> Emma just foggets in on it too, just dropping like quarters in. Rekwa takes the job at at T Mart. Oh my god, we could we could take that for hours. Absolutely no, yeah that that idea writes itself so easily. So uh, this is the one actually where where Mineva was playing violin for Char. Mm-hmm. And they they bond, and this is where they kind of bond a bit. Right? And Char's being very good. Kotz is impatient, and he's just like, "Okay, maybe I don't have to kill Haman, like Sarah told me. I got to kill Shiraco so to like so that I can date Sarah." <laughs> his 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 motivations are more noble than that, I think. But like, he's clouded by that because he's fourteen. Yeah, it's like driving him. Like, there's 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 better reasons, but that's at the forefront of his mind. So Kotz just launches without orders and Camille goes after him. Just, Kotz, you're just in the G-Defense. Are you even taking Nemo? Yeah, I mean, that that's kind of his whip. So Rekoa stays outside and Yamatov and Shiraco 
because uh, Rekoi hangs out, and uh, Shirako takes Sarah with him directly onto the Gladon. Rekoi stays behind because she is, you know, she's outside floating around. If she needs to do anything from out there, she can in a mobile suit. Yamatov boards the Gladon, but an AU craft arrives as well, which has cots, and Haman's just like. Alright, like, it can come on, it just as long as it isn't the Zeta, like, let it in. And Kotz just comes out, he's like, I'm gonna fucking kill Shirako! Like, <laughs> it's just Kotz with Amaro's gun. I'm gonna fucking kill Shirako. And, like, no one see. I, I think the only reason Haman's letting him on here is because it's like, okay, this in no way endangers me. <laughs> this is no threat to me at all, I do not care. Yeah, uh, Char sees Kotz and, like, child. Char, like, Kotz sucks at Metal Gear and gets spotted immediately by a Zeon guard who Char knocks out at the last second. He's like, what are you doing here? He's like, uh, I'm gonna kill Shiraco. And Char just says, give me the gun, I'm a better shot. Yeah, nah, I, yeah, I, 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 I pointed that out and I was just like, I, it, it honestly happened so fast, I didn't even, like, put it together until the episode was over and I was like, wait a minute, why was Char shooting at fucking <laughs> Then I went so, back and I'm just like, oh yeah, he like stops Cots and it's just like, no, give me the gun. And I'm like, damn, okay, he didn't, he wasn't even expecting this to happen, and he just rolls with it in the classic Charasnable fashion. Yamatov curses out Chiraco for being like, why were you not even at the last battle? And Chiraco's like, I don't know, my ship wasn't working. Uh, you gave me the Alexandria. I don't know. You took the Dogas gear away from me. I'm more familiar with that ship. I don't know. He's making excuses for himself. And Amon joins the meeting and just starts roasting both of them. <laughs> She's like, you guys, like, the Titans are fucking so stupid. Like, you, you guys are, you morons are weighed down by gravity. And, like, you guys have lost the support of the Federation. You've lost the support of the people. All you have is each other. And I control all of space effectively. So fuck you. I do not care what any of you do. Fuck you. You are all idiots. You suck. And Shiraco's like, I completely agree with you, but I signed a blood oath to this idiot, so I'm stuck here. <laughs> Camille sits in the in the Zeta, and he's just like, wait, what's that? He senses something, and then Quattro and Cots burst into the room. <laughs> and and uh, Quattro pulls out a gun, and Shiraco immediately assumes this was, like, Haman's trick. And he pulls out a gun as well and points it at Haman. Quattro just straight up shoots at Shiraco, and he misses and hits him in the shoulder. Sarah new types at the exact same second. And she's like, Shiraco's in danger, and just fires her mobile suit straight through a wall. It hits the room that they're on, probably killing tons of just, like, of just random Xeon crewmen. Yeah. Some guy on his lunch break. <laughs> and then, uh, Haman just dips. She's just like, fuck this shit, I'm out, bye. And then Shiraco whips his gun around to, to Yamatov. And Yamatov is just like, oh, this is a perfect opportunity right now. Sarah, you're the best. Bam. Directly into uh, Shiraco, directly into Yamatov. Yamatov is now dead. And Shiraco kind of comes, peeks his way out of the hole and says, Haman killed Yamatov. <laughs> How could Haman... How could a Mahamad have done this? Yeah. <laughs> she just empt empties two fucking clips into Yamatov. Fucking. Who killed Yamatov? 
<laughs> Kill the Amazon. So Shiraka's just like, I'll take it upon myself, guys. T -t -t Don't worry. I I'm so upset about Yamatov's death that I'll take it upon myself to take command of the, of the Titans <laughs> in his name. Oh my to which god. Char to which Char from like the the side just goes, Boo. And like honestly, at that point, it's you know, it's 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 at it's it's at that point of like the 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 downfall of a of a fucking empire of just like the the lie doesn't even have to be good. The lie is a formality. You all know, everyone knows he killed Yamatov. What the fuck are you gonna do about it? Like it's not that hard to piece together if you're not a fucking if you're not just completely like a soulless fascist in Chicago in the machine, but like at this point the the grips conflict now erupts into a full-on three-way conflict with Haman revealing her power level. Yeah. Being like, "Hey, you guys have been beating the shit out of each other for the entirety of 0087. It is now like January of 0088 and we have I have an entire army of Gaza Seas and like Everything from Double Zeta is locked in access. So, like, I we are we are entirely ready for this and can sustain a long term war m more than either of you two can. You you reap what you sow, bitches, and everyone is very afraid. Uh, everyone launches in a battle, and like, uh, uh, Haman just styles on everybody in this fight. <laughs> Just like she takes on, takes on, like I think she takes out Rekoa and and Shirako. Kaz is about to kill Shirako, but uh, Sarah jumps in the way and takes the shot for him, and and that's where Sarah dies. And her final thoughts are actually of Kaz and not Shirako. Yeah. So Shirako <clears throat> roars in rage that you killed my favorite per, you killed my favorite toy, and he uh, is about to kill. Uh, Cots, but Sarah's spirit like manifests in front of him and like essentially scares Shiraco away. Where he's just like, oh fuck, uh, and just kind of dips. And then Haman's like, alright, they're about to start fighting over the colony laser. We're gonna take a couple steps back and just let them destroy each other, and then we'll shoot whoever's still alive. And the Guadon explodes while Cots weeps. Earlier on, um, one thing was that Mineva was like, I want to talk to you more, Char, but I have to go onto the other identical ship, the Guabon. Uh. And Char is like, that's weird, why? And he's like, oh, Haman's gonna probably detonate, like, blow up this entire ship with, like, everybody on it. <laughs> she does that sometimes. It's, like, so annoying. <laughs> uh. Episode 47 is, is, uh, within Rosamia. This one's kind of rough. Yeah. Haman decides she's gonna Haman decides I'm gonna drop Axis on Granada. I'm just gonna and so the so the the Radish and the Argama split up. The Argama's gonna is heading to intercept Axis to try to prevent it from crushing Granada, while the Radish goes and wipes out the remain and goes and secures the colony laser. Wait, no, that's episode 48. This is the one, this is 47. This is them, this, so this is them taking over Grips too. Uh, Camille just pretty much is now in full war mode. He's, like, ignoring the kids to the point where they're all worried about him. Because Camille is, like, so depressed and serious right now. Yeah, but between the, between Haman and the Kubli, I have the most, I have the most screenshots in my folder from episode 47. By a this long one, yeah. shot. This is this is like this is this is a Haman episode. Yeah. 
Katz launches once again, like, I'm gonna kill Haman! And Fa tr goes after him, because bless, bless, bless you, Fa. So Bright explains that this is the final operation against the Titans, where we are going to encircle with the remainder of our fleet and push in the, uh, push in the Titan forces. We are going to secure the, we're going to take the colony laser from them and use that to destroy the remainder of their fleet. Because both of us are like, it's like round eight of like a boxing match and both of them are barely standing. So we, the colony laser is the, is the single thing that can turn the tide of this. Haman is very confident with herself and thinks that she can t secure the colony laser. The Titans are in no way to win, have no way to win this situation. Yeah, um, 20, 28, 28 screen caps from this episode of Haman or the Quibbly. Um, but, but, uh, yeah, at, at this point in the series, I, I completely stop even wondering what the fuck is up with the Titans. Um, I'm just like, okay, yeah, they, they lost, and, like, I don't really fucking give a shit anymore. <laughs> fuck them. Well, they're not even the Titans anymore, they're just whatever Shirako has left. Yeah. They're essentially Shirako's cult now. Yeah, it's really, it's like, uh, not, not sad, it's like really, it's like really pathetic, um, but at the, but at least usually when you see, when you see just the, the most pathetic fucking thing, you have some amount of, of, of sympathy, but that's just, there's none, just, just mwah, just like, I, I love it. I mean, it. this is the death of all fascist regimes. Ooh, they're not buddy. glorious, they're just messy and sad. It ends with you and a ton of women and children dead in a bunker or hanging with your mistress from your feet in the in the Coliseum getting fucking knives thrown at you by angry Italians. We can only hope. So I'll the, be one of fascism them. never has glorious endings. It's always like a far it's always like a bloody fart. Or maybe you've—who uh, could say? Maybe you catch some strange new respiratory infection. I, I'm just throwing—I'm just throwing spaghetti at the wall. Yeah, wow. And seeing what kills over. <laughs> uh, so, Kotz is immediately outclassed by Haman. Like he's—she's she just swats him away like a bug. And Haman and Camille have a very intense battle where they both just kind of connect on the same like psychic wavelength. Yeah, they they, they like, cross the streams here. They like dive into each other's mind where like Haman sees like a memory of Camille and his mother when he's younger and he sees like Haman on like a date with Char. Jesus. That that picture is great. If if you buy the Haman uh GGG figure, it comes with a with like a polaroid of that. I think I'm going to say I'm going to say this. I think I think they fucked, but because of the characters they are, whatever they did is not. I wouldn't consider whatever they do heterosexual, <laughs> even if it's the, <laughs> even if it's together. That's how Haman found out she's a lesbian. Ah! Haman's just like never again. <laughs> Oh my god! But also, the age difference between them is a bit is a bit squickish because Char is like twenty seven now and she's only twenty. I mean, fucking, I guess like that. Hmm. 
That doesn't, that does, that's not good. Char, you're, Garma was the only person Char's age that he's ever liked romantically. Yeah, because Lala was, I mean, Lala was 17 and he was 20, so it's only like three yeah, years. Yeah, that's not that bad. And then, and then he, he met Amuro as a minor. But they didn't have anything like that in 0079. Right. Aside from like a homoerotic sword fight. Yeah. I don't know. It's, uh, I don't know. Char, it's weird. No, like, no one, don't fuck Char. Don't fuck Char. Char is the first person to tell you, please don't fuck me. <laughs> the second person to tell you not to fuck Char is Sayla. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, Haman, like, pushes... Uh, Camille out of her mind, and right before she's able to defeat Camille, Kaz saves her, but she damages the G Defensor. And then even Fa takes a hit for Camille, and Camille at that point is just like, come on, you're pure evil and you do not deserve to live. And he manages to actually do some damage to the Kubelay, more damage than anybody else does. Yeah. Uh, the battle starts to lean in the favor of the Ayug, and the main cast returns to the Argama. The Guaban retreats and regroups. And that's where she decides I'm gonna crash. A I'm gonna crash Axis into Granada. What if and, we uh, take Axis and push it into the moon? Uh, to which the Aug finally manages to overtake Grips Two from both the Titans and Axis. And Camille laments his ability, his inability to kill Haman. But uh, Char says, "Hey, you're going down the same path Amuro is right now, and you need to really set your soul free." Mm-hmm. Like, you don't want to end up like how Amuro was in Hong Kong, do you? Uh, Bright Commit, and now we're on episode 48, which is uh, Inside Rosamia. Uh, this one, Gates, Kappa, and Rosamia come back with the Psycho Gundam Mark II. Uh, they've met, they're just, Rosamia's even more scattered now, because I just think they keep blasting her with more and more con contradicting mind control rays. Yeah, at this point, they're just keeping her up and running as best they can. Because she failed to kill Camille. Yeah. So, everyone is still shooting at the Axis. Apolly, Fa... Not Apolly, Apolly's dead. Astonage. Astonage and Fa and a couple other of the minor, uh, the minor Argama crewmen go... Because everybody else is dead now. Go aboard a... Because Apolly would have been on this job, so it would have Roberto... And uh, they're going up to try to read to try to divert access away from the inside. Uh, there's a, like they're, they manage to get into like a residential district. Uh, they find Rosamia and uh, essentially what exactly ha what, what happens is what you think happens. Just Rosamia, you don't have to do this. Yeah, no, Rosamia flipping between her two personalities, and Camille is eventually forced to kill her, which he does, and. Honestly, it's I, I feel he Rosamia he he put her out of her misery. I don't think that was a good existence she was having. No, yeah, if that it fucking it it sucked it sucked a whole lot. Uh, the the fucking the the, the dead new types are piling up. Rosamia and Rosamia and four are both Sarah are, are both. Sarah, all of them. It's... Yeah. Uh, Gates Kappa actually doesn't die in, in this episode. They manage to... Uh, they fire a beam from the colony laser. It hits a portion of Axis enough to, like, knock it off course. 
and uh, to like knock knock Axis off of its course. And uh, in the middle of the battle, uh, Basket Gates Kappa is like, wait, why are Shiraco's guys firing at the Dogas gear? To which Rekoa swipes by the uh, bridge of the Dogas gear, blows it up, disintegrating Basque. Now with the last obstacle, now with the last of the old Titans dead, Shiraco now controls everything. Yeah, that was pretty. Si Honestly, like that was pretty sick, though. I'm I'm glad that, that it you know didn't kill Shiraco. At least she killed Basque. So while this is happening, uh, Shira Axis and Shiraco both individually managed to kind of like consolidate their forces and launch another attack on the colony laser. This is the climactic battle of grips and the final battle of the of the grips conflict, which eventually splintered off into the uh, into the peasant rebellion, which led into the new desides conflict, which was a several month long extended military operation between Titan loyalists and uh, the Federation, as well as the first Neozeon War. Dang. Chronicled in Double Zeta and Gundam Sentinel, respectively. So as we move into episode 49, this is when things get traumatic. As if we they already the weren't. It gets worse, folks. I, I I feel like watching these with you, was, was this more or less harrowing than Be Invoked? Without going too far into spoilers for Be Invoked. Um, honestly, let less harrowing. Be Invoked is just so, so completely on its bullshit in, in a way that, like, you know, Zeta touches... Um, but Zeta, Zeta isn't messy enough to go where Edeon goes. Um, Zeta is a cleaner show in terms of like production and like yes. goals. Um, which honestly, for 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 my own tastes, is like not necessarily to its detriment, but it's like I I love I love me messy bullshit nonsense, and that's um. One of the reasons that my overall feelings for this show is that it reminds me of like, uh, still extremely compelling and buckwild and melodramatic dr dramas, uh, that are just usually more like well well structured and paced, uh, for for like the the, the television format. It's a more marketable product. Yeah, definitely. I mean that and that it showed because this show is so popular. It was probably I think it was the highest rated anime in terms of viewing until Evangelion a decade later. Dang. So Zeta Gundam was up there, or at least in terms of, like, sci-fi anime. Because I, I remember people saying that a lot, but, like, I could never find any, like, numbers hmm. to back that up. So, uh, the Argama heads back to Side 7 to reinforce the Radish fleet, which is getting hammered in both directions by Axis and Shirako. Uh, Kotz and Emma both launch to defend the Radish, while Camille is uh, 1v1-ing Jared. Jared is now in a bound dock, I guess revealing that Jared is at least new type enough to use one. Hmm. Which is what Gates Kappa and Rosamia were flying around in for the last couple episodes. And so Jared keeps going like, 1v1 me, bro! 1v1 me, bro! Meet me at spawn, bro! <laughs> like... Jared's just doing that shit this whole time, and Camille's just like, my god, will you go away? I have more important things to worry about, like Yazan. So Yazan and his cronies, uh, just fucking murder Kotz. Like, they slam Kotz into a fucking asteroid after he crashes, he crashes into an asteroid, and then they shoot him and he dies. 
and it's horrifying and sad. I Emma breaks down at that. Yeah, and, I I I definitely felt some some type of way about it. Like I I really, I think it was I think it's because like I I don't know like I'm I'm I I was so. I was prepared for everything to go off the rails for 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 Ideon. like Z Zeta Gundam's, like Z like it got me. Like I didn't fucking, I truly didn't see it coming for whatever reason. It, Katsu's death is shock is shocking. I think that's why he's the first to really go, and then that that's just that's the domino when it comes to the mass character murder in this show. He 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 has pretty. I mean, like from beginning from start to finish, Kotz was. Kotz really was just like a catalyst for things bigger than him. And it's and that's unfortunate. The Mark II gets pretty messed up in battle with Yazan. She loses an arm, but uh, still manages to kill Dunkel and Ramses, uh, Yazan's crony wingmen. Ramses in particular gets a horrific death where you see him like melt. Yeah, it was fucked up. It was dope. And, uh... In Kotz's last moments, he has a vision of Sarah, which is, which is, I, I like, not, that's, that, that's nice. Yeah. Uh, Henkin, on the bridge, starts freaking out, seeing that, you know, Yazan is very close to, to, to killing Emma and the Mark II, and he's just like, move the radish into, into we're gonna, we're gonna cover the Mark II with the radish, and yeah, Emma's like, no, Henkin, like, no, get the fuck out of here. And, uh... Yazan's like, oh, sick, another thing I can blow up, and swipes by and directly hits the bridge of the Radish, killing Henkin and Kalman. Kalman being the sunglasses man on the bridge of the, ra of the Radish. Rippin'. The only named member of the Radish bridge crew. Rip in peace. Henkin's death I hurts, because Henkin did nothing wrong in the entire show. Yeah... Like, he- Henkin is, like, the one of the least problematic characters. <laughs> He's pretty in inoffensive. Just, like, big man with big crush and, like, big heart. There, There's that, that, uh, so... An underrated, Emma's... underrated Gundam himbo. Yeah, yeah. I want a AU where, where Hankin survives. Absolutely. Uh, Jared shows up, insisting again on a, on a 1v1, where, where Camille pretty much just, like, casually kills him. Just knocks Jared back into the wreckage of the now exploding radish. Well, while Jared finally accepts that he is not the main character of Mobile Suit Zeta Gundam. <laughs> and, and Camille just sits there and he's just like, everybody's dying. The radish is done. Kotz is dead. And he just like screams and fires his, his like rifle in the air. Just like, why, why, why are we doing this? Like, what's the point of this? So Camille grabs Emma and the Mark II and takes her back to the Argama for repairs, and they have a conversation. It's that one where like Camille accidentally flips open his visor, which always baffles me. Yeah, yeah, I, 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 I do like it though. I like it because it's so baffling, and I think it's it's such a it's such a strange punctuation of the moment. It's just, I. I love that touch a lot, but like I know I, I I have no fucking clue why he would do that. Is it like did he just momentarily lose the will to live? I th um, 
Yeah, I, I think uh, my my best guess is he was just so he's just so caught up and hyper focused he just forgot where he was. Yeah, he's just dissociating. Uh, as this is happening, the the bright fires the colony laser again and wipes out a good chunk of Haman's forces, and Haman is just like. All right, we're gonna disengage for now. We're gonna come back in a bit and lick our wounds, but this, that colony laser is gonna have to recharge. Uh, Camille engages with Yazan as uh, Emma fights with Rekoa. They kind of pair off, and uh, despite the fact that uh, Emma Emma's Mark II is Emma's Mark II is missing an arm, they kind of just like glue a she- an extra shield onto it, mm-hmm. or they just kind of attach the shield at the shoulder. And uh, despite Rekoa being in it, this is where Rekoa pretty much spouts her bullshit, and Emma's like, what the fuck are you talking about? Mm. This is the first time Emma and Rekoa have really talked since, you know, Rekoa dipped. Yeah. So, uh, despite the, the he- despite, you know, being in an outdated mobile suit, the Mark II already, ta- you know, showing its age a bit, and uh, it missing an arm... Emma beats Rekoa one-on-one. Of course she does. It's Emma. And so, uh, heavy damage to the Mark II. Uh, she tries to get out at right as the Palace of Thane is blowing up, and uh, Rekoa kind of just says, all men know how to do is abuse and humiliate women, and she blows up. Uh, I think what happens is that, like, Yazan uh, just wanted to, you know, he, I think I think Rekoa was still alive, and then Yazan just took the chance to fire, to blow up Rekoa to try to get Emma as well. And he succeeded because shrapnel from the from the wreckage of the palace of Thane mortally wounds Emma. But she still hangs on for a little bit. This pushes Camille to activate the, the mysterious biosensor in the Zeta Gundam. Which just, full, he fully unlocks his new type potential and like, says to Yazan, you are pure evil. People like you do should not exist. And I agree with him. He His beam saber gets huge, and he manages to d- completely slice the Hump robbery in half. But in a uh, extremely cruel demonstration of Tomino's own cruelty, <laughs> he, uh, he lets Yazan live. Yazan killed Rekoa, Emma, and Kotz, and Hankin, and he gets to live. Um. Yeah, that's that's baffling. I'm I'm glad. I can't wait. To, I can't wait to see that crazy motherfucker. Um. In in the. <laughs> I can't wait for crazy ass to be uh in the in the crazy ass uh Gundam series of Gundam serieses. <laughs> yeah, I like. We're we're gonna have we're we're gonna have a fun time talking about Double Zeta. Uh, Camille ends this episode by catching Emma. And bringing her into the wreckage of a Titan ship. And, uh... They kind of just sit there and rest for a moment. Uh, on board... On now the final episode, Riders in the Skies. A- Emma kind of, like, confronts her own mortality. And <laughs> her own impending death. And she's just like, Camille, like, please... Please make sure all of this death has meaning. Like, don't... Don't let all of us die for nothing. Please... And she just kind of quietly dies in Camille's arms as he, like, screams her name. That fucking sucked. I didn't expect her to die. Yeah. 
And, and that I, I really appreciated how hard Camille took that. Because he, he, Emma was great, and I, I loved her, his, his relationship with Emma. They're like, so, they're like playfully hostile, like, sibling-esque relationship. Like, he definitely, like, he, he loved Emma in a familial way. Yeah, for sure. I, I, I think, yeah, em- Emma, I think Emma ultimately failed at her goal of not being some kind of maternal or, or older familial figure to Camille. And, and maybe she, maybe she changed her goal. Maybe she kind of ended up leaning into it. Oh yeah, from the start, it was all bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> I really, I really loved Emma. She was one. Of, she uh, Emma's always one of the best characters in Gundam, and she, the fact that she is the designated pilot of the Mark II in Extreme Versus always will make me very happy. Emma Sheen, fuck yeah, best Gundam pilot. Uh, Shirako and Haman both have the same idea of we're going to go and blow up the inside of the colony laser so that they can't fire it again because we no longer care about controlling it. We might as well just eliminate it because the AU cabin, we don't. <laughs> so uh, Char follows them in and is taking them on. They essentially double team Char. And uh, the Kyakushiki gets pretty damaged. Char flees the co- Char like gets out of his Yakushiki and flees into the colony itself and arrives in an abandoned theater. And this is like one of the best parts of Zeta Gundam is at this this part of the finale. Yes, and it's li- I literally I lost my mind. It's like literally the three most dramatic ass homosexuals of Gundam are <laughs> having a are having a three-way like murder fight in in an auditorium with a with a big dramatic stage like oh my god it's so good because Haman's just like char and char's like uh let your gun so char like drops his gun or his gun just starts floating next to him and Haman's like yeah like char you should join me like once again i'll give you a chance swear loyalty to the zombie family come on char i know you wanna and char's just like come the fuck on and she, he's like, well, and she's like, well, we'll also have to acknowledge the other actor on this stage. And point, and like, Shiraco's just there with like, like, ah, okay, Kakudori. <laughs> and uh, they just kind of start, you know, Haman's like, yeah, come on, Char, fuck the Ayug, fuck this idiot, let's let's fuck shit up together again. That would that'll be fun, because we're we're both manic like that and make bad decisions. <laughs> and then. That's what it is, right? That's absolutely what it was. Is Char, Char just loved how fucking how how what a fucking absolute enabler Haman was for him. Just, just he's like Tam- she's Tammy too. Oh my god, it's true. <laughs> oh, just the hardest rebound after Lala. Just the most toxic, self-destructive rebound. She keeps telling him, to, you need to come back to Zombie International. <laughs> Char, you're the best lawyer we know. Why are you Why are you becoming, like, the fucking court... Why are you becoming the lawyer for this small-time, like, mall? Why? Are you, what are you doing, Char? <laughs> I have to get out of here. I, I quit drinking, come on. Good lord. But, uh... Char says, even if I do nothing, humanity will change as they evolve into new types, and I'll wait for that time to come, which is almost exactly the uh, which, which is pretty much exactly what Amuro keeps screaming at Char for the entirety of Char's counterattack. 
But we're going to see what changes his mind on that pretty quickly. Yeah. Camille shows up again. Camille shows up adding even more drama by pointing a gun and being like, everyone put your fucking hands up, I'm here. And then, you know, it becomes like another Mexican standoff and then Fa shows up like, I'm here too! And they all go back into their respective mobile suits. Uh, the colony laser is about to charge up again and they have a limited amount of time to get out of there. Uh, Char, Camille's just like, come on, we got it like, Char, let's go. I'll fight next to you. And Char says to Camille, Do you think the world will be saved by youngsters like you losing their lives? It is not the elderly that will build a new world. Fuck yeah. Fucking A. Or he's just like, like Camille, you cannot afford to die here. You need to create the the space no utopia I've been trying to, I've been wanting you to make since the beginning. Yeah, that, um... I, I feel like th- that is, that this to me is Yoshiyuki Tomino. Yeah, youngster, the, you know, the a new world cannot be made by the by the elderly. Mm-hmm. Which is why Tomino actually wanted to stop making Gundam shows. He thought he was getting too old. He wanted new. He wanted young. He wanted young directors to start. You know, <laughs> inspiring the even younger. It is not the it is not the elderly that will build a new world. Uh, everyone manages to escape at the last second as the. Uh, as the colony laser fires and kills Gotti Kinsey and what's left of the of the of Shiraco's fleet, all the only ship that's left is the Jupiteris, and uh, and probably some scattered Titan ships that all went off to, you know, cause trouble in the Gundam Sentinel novel. Hmm. Shiraco just says like, "Oh fuck, we can't beat the Ayuk now." <laughs> oh, oh, whoopsie, oopsie. Haman dips back to Axis for a second to say to say like, "We're gonna." We're gonna hold back now. I'm gonna come back and fuck up Char, because I'm me. But we're gonna hold our forces back until next season. As she stares into the camera. <laughs> See you, losers in the sequel. So uh, Shiraco and Camille uh, continue their fight, and Haman Haman uh, corners Char and just blows off all the limbs of the Hyakushiki and seconds before she's she's about to fucking like Bernie him <laughs> uh, Char fires the, some gun Vulcans that blow up the ship there that's around that surrounds them and uh, Haman dips and kind of assumes that Char's dead that like well looks like I killed him that sucks oh well so well, we, we fight final battle, final boss. Sure, Camille once again resonates with the Zeta Gundam, and uh, just kind of says some of like uh, some of the lines that Chiraco and Camille scream at each other are so great. Like, like he's like, "You have no room to lecture me, you smart ass boy." And then he then uh, Camille says, "Better smart than delusional." Hmm. And, uh, so what happens is he summons the spirits of, like, four Emma, Reko, Akats, and Rosamia. I thought it was a little harsh that Apolly and, uh, and Henkin weren't invited. I mean, I guess they aren't new types. You're right. They, they, they weren't. But all the new types that died are, like, their spirits are living on with, uh, Camille, within Camille. And, uh, even Lila shows up for half a second. <laughs> And they, all these, like, Rosamia and Four are just, like, 
all lives are power. All all thoughts are power. And like Camille is in a machine that can harness all of that. And, and Camille says like probably the most badass line ever. Somebody like you that sees war only as a game will never understand the power that is flowing through my body. <laughs> to which to which Shiraco's like Who's talking? Who are these women? I can't hear anything. And right before he's about to he's about to kill Shiraco, Sarah shows up, like right protecting Shiraco. And she's just like, No, you can't. Like it's 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 Paptimus Sama, you can't. And Kotz and Rekoa are like, like, Rekoa's like, I guess Rekoa in death saw the error in her ways. And is just like, Sarah, get out of the way. Like, let Camille do this. And Kotz is like, well, he's a new type too. And so maybe if he dies and we let him die here, he can come be with us and see the error in his ways. Even somebody like him can see, can see past this. And Sarah's like, really? Okay. And the Zeta Gundam, like, glows bright red, transforms into the Wave Rider. Shiraco's just like, I, I can't move the O, what's happening? I, what, uh... And he has the best death in the entirety of all anime. Where Camille slams the, wa- the the nose of the Wave Rider straight into the O's cockpit, impaling Shiraco. Yeah, that's that was sick as shit. Shiraco is bleeding out in his cockpit and says, I'm, you're not, I'm taking you with me, Camille. And with the last of his, like life he unleashes a psychic attack that materializes as like blinding light in Camille's mind and uh he, he his thoughts start getting like weaker and weaker and we see just the wave rider kind of floating and Fa's like Camille hey you made it are you okay and Camille just starts talking about how it's like wow it's really hot in here and he takes off his helmet cause it like right before he killed Chiraco like the eye around the like the the glass around his eye like explodes and Camille just starts babbling there's a there's a light that's turning on and off wow is that a shooting star no a shooting star is like whoosh as Faz is hearing this and looks reasonably horrified and then they yeah no it's 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 they they start playing a sad like slow instrumental version of the opening and the moment that always gets me is uh, as as Fa and the Methus has like the the Wave Rider. She's like kind of towing it to the Argama. She sees what's left of the Mark II and just says, "Oh, he want to go back to the Argama too, don't you?" And it's like, "Oh no!" So Fa tows them back. She kind of flies by the bridge, and you see, I'm tearing up thinking about it. The ending of Zeta always gets me. You see, just kind of bright, and everyone like relieved that Fa's alive, but they don't look hopeful. You notice that the Argama is the literal only ship left. And they just kind of yeah. shoot off into the distance. And the sh- and then uh right at the show stops on a, you know, close up of the of like a, you know, shot of the earth and flying right in front of it is the Hyakushiki with its cockpit open. The the Hyakushiki with its cockpit open and also reduced to mostly its cockpit. And uh, that was Zeta Gundam. And then then smash cut to Hoshi's Aura No Belief. (laughs) 
the ending of Zeta's a lot. I, I kept the ending of Zeta from you for as long as we've... Even though I used to be way more liberal with me with spoiling shit back in my youth, but I, I, I always kept the ending of Zeta close to my chest because just, like, what happens to Camille is so heartrending. Yeah, it's a lot. Um... The, the entire AU is dead, pretty much. All, all these people died to create a world that they wouldn't see. And that's that's really sad. That's sad, and then also it's, uh... I mean, kind of realistic. I, I feel like that's the fate of anybody fighting for, like, any true long-term revolutionary change in the world. Like, that kind of shit just... Revolutionaries don't live long. Revolutionaries don't die in their beds. Y you do it for everyone that comes after you. It, it is true selflessness. And, uh... Camille, we, this is not the last we see of Camille. There's a surprising amount of him in Double Zeta. And, uh, we'll see what his ultimate fate is there. But, uh, I think this... A lot of people say, oh, uh... Char is acting out of character since he was a good guy in, in Zeta. Why is he a bad guy in Char's counterattack? And I'm like, did you see the ending of Zeta? That everything that Char was fighting for ended up being meaningless? How, you know, despite fighting the Titans, the, the Haman's just going to invade Earth anyway? More young new types are just going to die? The Federation is still probably going to be shitty despite the just marginally less shitty... And Camille is effectively a vegetable now. It, like Wham. the arcade sent us that comic where it was like Char visiting Camille discreetly during like Double Zeta, and it's just I can totally see that being a motivating factor for why Char decided to you know let's drop Axis straight onto the Earth. It's just like I don't want to ever have what happened to Camille happen to anybody else ever. And I, it's, I don't know, I, I, I feel that it turned Char into a doomer. And Quattro Bagina died that day, which is sad, because I think Quattro Bagina is who Char ultimately always wanted to be. Yeah, I, I felt like that was the person he had the most faith in being able to stay as. It, it, like, I, I think Quattro Bagina was his legitimate, uh, was his, was his, like, last last and best effort to uh, make a new identity for himself that he could be like uh, what's the word I'm looking for just like like an identity that doesn't weigh him down with like his past and his tragedies it's like Quattro Bugina was was proactive and forward looking and 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 progressing towards something like Char Asnable Charisma looks behind him and says, "It's not the the past is dead, but it is not dead enough." Char is killed by his past. <laughs> it, it's 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 so tragic. This is a very this is a tragic ending. It's there's I don't think even Burger agrees. <laughs> I so so compared to Edeon, what did you think of Zeta Gundam? Now that you've seen three whole Tomino works. 
Like, where do you place this on the spectrum of double Zeta of you know double O seventy nine and Edeon? Um, I think Zeta Gundam is Tomino's like best show. It's my favorite of his shows as well. It's my favorite Gundam show. It's it's probably it's like so far from what I've seen, I would I would call it one of his most like well produced ones. Um, it's. It's it's just a it's it's a nice looking show and it's consistent, you know. It's it's not it's not one of those anime where you have to worry about like, yeah, like some stuff up front and in the finale and a couple episodes here and there look really cool, but then there's just a whole bunch of like janky scenes here and there. Like it's 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 got it it it, it keeps a consistent quality and then still will also take moments to just really fucking show off. Um, and and just look amazing. Look look as good at, look as good as any OVA. Um, of the oh time. yeah, like you could tell that they were pretty um, selective with their budget. Like when when it's just scenes of like characters talking, it's you they'll usually kind of restrain themselves. But like you could tell like yeah. they were really utilizing their budget and 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 you know to to squeeze every penny they could to show you what they exactly wanted to show you. Y- yeah and. And, and I think it's just, um, it's, I think one of the reasons it's so good, it's just so clearly, like, especially after seeing, like, the shit he made before, just, like, he finally, he finally got the production he wanted, right? Yeah. Like, very few, like, I mean, I mean, and I don't know the exact number of, like, hang-ups and, and, uh, and concessions he had to make to, to, to Sunrise and Bandai, um, but compared to his, compared to his last two big shows that, like, were literally canceled, like, both times, like... Yeah, one after the other. It was, yeah, it, like, this was probably a m- much better time for everyone involved. I'd say so. And I think they, you know, that, and, you know, and those failures probably taught them a whole lot, so they came out the gate swinging with this one, like, they had nothing but experience at this point i feel like this was this was that crew i don't know i don't know how many people stick with tomino from thing to thing but probably like probably a lot I'm, of key players what i've noticed just from a lot of names is that 0079 zeta and char's counterattack share a lot of staff uh mm-hmm. Ideon, dunbine elgheim and double zeta all share a lot of staff Ah, so that's like t- <laughs> it's like Tomino's B And because uh, I actually found out recently that the the mangaka who does Char's Deleted Affair and um, Z Define, which is kind of like the re- the Gundam origin for for Zeta, is uh, done by the character designer for Double Zeta, who was also a lead ah. who was also a a character not the lead character designer but a character designer on Zeta. Because I think. Um, Yoshikazu Yasuhiko left because he designed. He was the main character designer for uh, 0079 and Chart and Zeta, but then I think he then directed Giant Gorg and did all the art for it, and then did, went straight to Shars Counterattack. So he didn't have time to do Double Zeta. So a lot of the leftover team from Dunbine yeah. and Elgheim uh, worked on Double Zeta, which which is, I think is fun because uh, Elgheim is very uh, similar in tone to to Double Zeta, whereas Dunbine is way more similar in tone to Zeta. There's a lot of conflicting stories about the production history of Double Zeta that I, I don't want to be incorrect, so I'm going to try to do a lot more research before we get into that with Double Zeta. But o- overall, mm-hmm. what did you think of this, like, as a whole? 
as a as a sequel to Mobile Suit Gundam 0079. I as a sequel to 0079, um, I I think it's really good. I I think I think it's like I think it's I think it's it's everything. It it hits it 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 does that great thing that sequels sometimes fail at of like giving you just the right amount of like where they are now and showing and you know like it it's not it's not it's not afraid to tell you that like your favorite characters like in like like hey y- your favorite character didn't have the best life like they didn't all live happily ever after um but hey they're still here uh like i i like i love i love what became of kai um i love that amuro still very much gets to do stuff in this series but he doesn't like to eat up any Um, of camille's screen time or presence yeah no like they they use him really sparingly because like and, and i honestly didn't even my worry is it wouldn't wouldn't have been that like amuro would have just kept being the star in like a very goku-esque way um, my fear would have honestly been that we would have just, it, it would have been more of like a, a JoJo's Bizarre Adventure thing of like, Amuro waves hello and then we never fucking see or hear from him ever again and he doesn't do anything or no the one smart ever mentions th- him. The thing I like about Amuro, especially in part two, like where we, uh, how we broke these up, where like all the stuff with Four and on in Hong Kong and all that is they essentially tag out Char for Amuro. Where Char very, mm-hmm. very quickly leaves Earth, but then he's still stuck with Amuro for a couple episodes on Earth and then Amuro fills in that mentor role, which is neat because it's like Camille can get a completely different experience and and gr- learn to grow from the other side. Not just Char's protege; he is a protege of both Char and Amuro. Yeah, two deeply flawed people, but you know, learning from their mistakes. For sure, I I love the like, and they were very smart about the characters that still were main characters. They're like, we got to keep Char, we got to keep Bright. That was very oh, smart. Yeah. Like, holding Zeon close to their chest until the end. Like, I wish Haman did a little bit more before the final batch. But Haman does so much in the final batch that I think it makes up for it. Yeah, I wonder if they knew that they were going to get another series. I think about that. I wonder if the ending of Zeta would not have been nearly as jarring and just, like, abrupt if Double Zeta was not in production or how quickly along they factored in Double Zeta. The... I think if I think if they knew I think if I think if I think if they came to them towards the end of production and said like hey guys like uh the double zeta pitch like it didn't go through like it's not gonna get picked up like this is this is the last thing for a minute uh I think Haman would have died <laughs> I think they would have killed Haman if they didn't know that they were gonna they were they were gonna, about to do You're double probably zeta. right I I I think there would have been a little more closure. Like, it, the ending would have been a little more finite. But then again, I think of the ending of, like, double of like 0079. Like, it pretty much just ends as the war ends with Amuro being... 0079 has a much more optimistic ending than Zeta does. Yeah, I do like both of their endings because at the they end of the day... Because, like, at the end of the day, like, they... Are they yeah, both make me cry. Uh, yeah, no. Um, it's... It's so focused on the the characters. Like, there's not some big there's not some big narration that gives you an epilogue about what happens. Like, cause cause what happens to the 
greater state of Earth and the colonies, like, sure, that was important, but you're you're here for you're these here people. for the crew of the white base. Yeah, you're here for the white base. You're here for the Argama. You're here for the people on it, and like, because because at the end of the day, like, individual human lives are always better to prioritize than war. And I think like the the narrative focus speaks to that. It does, for sure. I I feel Camille um, is the very embodiment of like his ultimate fate is so so tragic. I think that's one of the most tragic things that ever happened in a Tomino work. Is is you know what happens to Camille? I can't I can't believe. <laughs> Don't. Double Zeta? I can't believe Double Zeta's gonna open with with Scirocco leaping out of his leaping out of his mech and slicing off Camille's head with a sword. <laughs> I can't believe he did that, Devin. That's how far remember. That's how far remembers. That's how far. <laughs> I made you laugh in a while. Because uh, I was trying to think of a character, but like, of course, it's Fa, just like Fa with an enormous afro. <laughs> There's Bright doing nothing as usual. Oh Christ! There's a little. Um, I don't know if you're gonna watch the first episode of Double Zeta or not, or skip it because the first episode is mostly kind of a bizarre clip show of. Uh, recapping 0079 Zeta and also being like, and here's a sneak preview for Double Zeta starting next week. First it's look. First look. It's, it's essentially like that, but it's it's kind of like cute and very 80s. It has like character art like, hey, I'm Judo, I'm the new main character. But there's a little <laughs> bit of new animation where it's uh, Camille is like completely comatose in bed and uh, it's like Bright's captain's log. Where Bright's like, we're the yeah. only surviving ship of the AU at the current... We're the only operational ship of the AU at the moment. And Side 2 is completely devastated. The moon is in disarray. Side... Like, the tight... Everything is a clusterfuck. So we're just gonna run to Side 1 in order to get repairs. And I wonder what'll... what'll what we'll find there. And that's where Double Zeta picks up. Like, a couple weeks later. I am... I'm incredible. Like I, I know I just got done saying how the how the grander politics isn't what's important, but also all I can fucking think is, what even is the state of the fucking larger government of Earth? What the fuck? Everything's yeah. Fucked. Like not only did we just survive a bloody civil war, we're on our way to a second one, and Zeon is invading again. The. Zian is invading again, and the 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 federation the federation faction that had most of its resources was just blown up in space. So all that's left is whatever was left on Earth. So you have, which isn't Carbo fucking still, much. still around. Okay. And the Ayug are definitely on the side of the federation. They're they're like they're still autonomous, but they're mostly allied with the federation now, or what's left of them. Yeah, it's it's just sort of like it. Hey, like they 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 pull up to they pull up to the federation. Like, hey, uh, 
we killed all your worst fascists, so I guess we'll fuck with- The Arga- The Argama makes like a cra- like- like a half crash landing, like, on a Federation base, and Bright, like, Bright, like, falls out, and, like, action tumbles up to the first- up to the first higher officer he meets, and just goes, Can I have my job You're, back? You act like that almost doesn't happen in Double Zeta. <laughs> hey, uh- that was, that was the old me, you know. I was kind of. Hey, I'm the war hero that like, just saved your ass. <laughs> How many? Like I got some, I got some bills coming up. You know my, you know my, my wife. My change. She's. <laughs> my wife's on the phone. I'm supposed to bring home yeah, groceries. Yeah, like seeing characters that came back, like seeing Mirai again. Like they did, they totally didn't have to have to give us Mirai, but we got Mirai back. Absolutely. Like, we see Mirai as a doting, responsible mother who is taking care of her children and her husband. I, I, lo I love Mirai. Mirai I, I stand Mirai. Yeah, I, yeah, it's, it's nice. I, 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 I like this cast. I'm gonna go talk, I'm gonna, like, uh, I, I, since I have finished Zeta, I will now go, uh, talk about it with, uh, with my friend Arlen, uh, who's been watching a lot of the same stuff that, uh, we do. Uh, they recently also watched Armored Trooper Votoms and loved they, the They finally finished it? Nice. What did you yes. think of the ending? How um, it completely turns into like the best show ever. Yeah, right. I, I didn't actually ask them for the, the specific details. You just like mentioned it and we didn't have time to... We were, I was... Listen, we were, we were, we were acting out our own fucking mecha anime on, on Roll20. I do. You know how it is. My pilot's name is Da Vinci Resolve. Yes, like the video editing software. It's just a really that good is Gundam a fucking name. Amazing Gundam name. She's she's really great. Uh, I could talk all day about my my fucking tabletop pilot. Let's move on. So so toe to toe with the cast from from Double Seventy Nine. Like you think like Apolly like Roberto, you can kind of see like Apolly and Roberto are kind of analogous to like Hayato and Kai or. A little bit. I don't think they made as much of an impact. I like, I like, I like a, a Polly and whatnot, but, like, uh, honestly, the, the most memorable moments for me was, like, the, like, the, the occasional razzing they would give Camille and then their eventual death. A Polly definitely, toward this back half of the show, definitely stands out more. Yeah, which, you know... <laughs> The right, I'm sure the writers did that on purpose. Like, okay, we have to make absolutely certain everyone knows who Apolly is, and they care about There's him. There's a, I, I mean, Emma. I could talk about Emma for hours about how she's like the best Gundam character. She's real good. She deserves one of the. She deserves one of those. One of those fancy statues. I, I hope she. I hope people remember Emma Sheen. Like, I hope there. I hope that like sometime in like the UC like 100s or like. Maybe like UC 125, a little bit after F91. There's like a badass movie about her life. It will never happen, but I we can hope. <laughs> I I Emma's a hero. Big uh, hero. Rekoa, problematic. Uh, four. I love four. I love um. I love Haman. I love Camille. I love Fa. I love uh, the, the cast of Zeta. Just in, is, I'm so endeared to them. Yeah, they're all very strong characters. I, I I enjoy them quite a bit. Hinkin is hanging out in space oh. in, in in space, naked space ghost heaven with uh. I guess he's just hanging out with fucking like 
Oh, he, he's hanging out with Hatari. Hatari's all like, yeah, I'm alone. Because Emma's a new type. And lives in Camille's brain, arguably. They get the they, they get the special new type heaven. <laughs> um, honestly, though, like like the that that concept of living living in Camille's brain, like that, I I I get such buck wild existential thoughts when I consider new types, because uh, it's like because the place where I always want to take it is the the place where the place where I always want to want to try and think of it as is like okay, so like the space ghost stuff is like a lot but let's try to consider what else it could be that would elicit the same kind of reaction and i think like um i think they are hyper like hyper empathy induced uh like not hallucinations necessarily because that has like a derogatory connotation but just like when you feel like when when you vibe so strongly with somebody and you can you can that that you can presume to truly know them even if they are dead you can still feel you can still you can still resonate with them and their legacy and 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 their impact on your life and the lives around you and then like i don't know still feel them in a way um and and then if everybody and then, and then if everybody's like that in a hyper empathetic way that could ease that that could like you know I don't know. It's just like every like it, it literally is just like everybody's just vibing so hard until they galaxy brain and just feel hyper connected even in death. That new type um, stuff is like my favorite part about Gundam, and the worst take is how new type stuff is bad. Uh yeah, yeah that, that's a that's a pretty lousy that's a pretty lousy take. Like dog, like if you like Gundam but don't like new types, like fucking I don't know, watch Macross. I don't know what to tell you, man. There's like so much other shit out there, and like arguably, yes, like Gundam is the only thing that had that that is like per, that successful and pervasive enough to last throughout the ages and have a tr constant, tr mostly constant trickle of, of varying content compared to like every other mega franchise, especially right now in 2020, where there's just a, it's just a desert. Um, but like you know, there's 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 more old shit that you could ever watch. I mean, there's and a lot of that's I mean, good. like, I, Votoms, Die Ruger, if you want, or, like, you know, fucking, uh, you can watch old, the like, Zambot 3, that's fucking good. There's, like, dude, there's, like, you got, watch all of, like, Mazinger, the Mazinger Z trilogy, like, all those, that has to be a lot, and then, you know, you got Getter and Getter G, and you got Jig, and, like, God Sigma, you got some weird ones, you know. You can go, go Lion, line. even. You can watch Go Lion twice, once in Japanese and once in butchered English. Galactic Heroes. Yeah, there's no, there's no mechs, but it's yeah, got Galactic else. Heroes is like a true is a Galactic Heroes is a fifty hour political philosophy debate dressed up as the best spice opera ever made. <laughs> the fucking best space opera ever made. I'm pretty sure we didn't, but I also didn't check. Let me just double check that we didn't get, like, an email or anything. Yeah, let's check that. 
I'm gonna see if we have any new like iTunes or anything. Any to any new iTunes reviews. We don't. We don't have a new review, but we do have a new rating. Somebody did, in fact, give us a five-star rating without player rating review. We appreciate it nonetheless. Oh, sick. Thank if you. If you give us a five-star review on iTunes, or even, a, you know what? If you give us any review on iTunes, I'll read it out loud. Because, hey, maybe we can figure out why we suck. Yeah, uh, we're, we're, open, we're open to constructive criticism. And, and but if you're gonna if you're just gonna be a dick for no reason we might we might just roast you. Oh yeah, no, gotta roast you. I dare you to come at me. I'll fucking obliterate you from orbit. I'll drop axis <laughs> on your head. So final final thoughts on on Zeta before we wrap up. This the my, one of my favorite. This this is in my top five of all time. I I, I yeah, and I, I would say that like. <clears throat> Um, definitely top five, definitely up there for Gundam, especially, especially if you're coming at it from somebody who, like, either doesn't like mecha or maybe even doesn't like anime, but, like, you're interested in animation. Um, if you want to get into, if you want to get into something, like, again, it is a sequel, so, like, the best primer for you is gonna be the 0079 trilogy, which, you know, we've always, I, I am always willing to talk about and, 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 and tell people that that is, that that is, you know, watchable. Um, but but then but Zeta Gundam is gonna be a breath of fresh air once you you know if you are someone who truly just cannot hang with older shit like I think Zeta Gundam will still get you there I think it I like I, I've the more I watched it the more familiar I felt with it like it felt like I have like watched these types of shows before in terms of its in terms of its pacing and the, the the way it deals out all of its like drama and and twists and turns and like the way it compels you with all the characters and their interpersonal relationships while also having like much larger stakes um it's just it's trying to do so many things and this is a rare occasion where i like again like a couple garbo a couple garbo character arcs notwithstanding like it 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 does most of what it sets out to do in a really in a really compelling way. Like Z Zeta Gundam is uh, again yeah again like what you were saying before. There is no such thing as objectivity, but if there was, Zeta Gundam would be like uh, objectively one of Tomino's like yeah. best works. And like my last comment on on the problematic character arcs is that like I am a cisgendered heterosexual white man, so my opinion on any of that doesn't matter at all. Valid. So that's the, so like my import my other people's opinions should take priority over mine that I don't think it's that bad but I'm also a cishet white man so my opinion does not mean anything. Um, hear opinions from yeah, people who actually sure. matter. <laughs> But I uh, oh now now that now now that now that Devin is now that Devin is done being a a, a good ally and lashing himself on the back. <laughs> it is my it's my diddly darn duty to do it. <laughs> Jesus, oh my goodness. Um, but yeah, honestly, because that that's one of the reasons that I want to talk to Arlen about it is because like they are they are much like me, also in like uh you know not 
not a handful of those things, and so I, I would I would like to hear a, a, a second queer ass opinion on. Uh, on we might. Ha- I'm I'm sadly going to have to announce that my friend will not be joining us in the in memoriam episode as he is now do now he is now committing to writing a whole a whole dissertation on this, and reading way more young books because he wants to. Um, he's going to call the essay "Camilla's a Man's Name" a uh, a Jungian look at gender in Zeta Gundam. More power to him. I can't fucking wait to get my hands on that. And so I, uh, I, I would, I would very shit. much like to have him on whenever he finishes that. Uh, up next, how how long how long do dissertations take? As long I as it takes for him to read more books written by Jung. I'm halfway through the one he recommended, <laughs> but I, I I've been so busy with my move that I haven't been reading like at all, which I plan to change tonight. Oh yeah. Yeah, I'm 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 also too busy to read from my move that I did over a year ago. Don't worry about it. Well, I'm gonna be making you read a book very soon. <laughs> oh, gas! Because uh, where I'm going to be announcing. Uh, so next week, you will ha- get the next week when you're listening to this, you'll be getting a brief uh, SD uh, Zeta Gundam in memoriam, as we eulogize all the characters that passed, and we compare death statistics to Edeon. Uh, to see and then place this on you know. Uh, we'll, we'll, when we when we watch more Tomino shows, we'll see where like where the order is in terms of slaps and deaths. Will be uh, how we'll rate Tomino shows. Uh, following that, we will be taking a short break from the Universal Century before diving head back head first back in. We're going to be doing Mazinger Infinity. Yeah. Uh, so we're going to take some time to watch that. We'll get you'll get an episode on that relatively quickly then after that we're going to be doing three episodes of zeta of double zeta as opposed to uh four uh we're gonna just because i feel like there's when it comes to like the there's a lot of episodes that are a lot more like eon where they're kind of just weird episodic little bits so i feel that there isn't going to be too much more volume of things to talk about so we can we can smash and we can do three instead of four. If we feel it's too daunting, we can do four. But as a supplement to Gundam Double Zeta, we are going to be reading the gu- the fully translated Gundam novel, Gundam Sentinel. Oh, snap! That it's not too long. It's only like 200-something pages. And uh, it takes place right after the end of Zeta, uh, coinciding with the front half of Double Zeta. And takes a much more hard okay. sci-fi approach to the Gundam universe. It has a lot of te- a lot of lore about how mobile suits work. And uh, so yeah, we'll figure out when we're gonna insert that in. So I'm probably gonna be reading it on the side at, at work and stuff. And okay. uh, so we'll look forward to that. Then we're gonna take a bit of a break from Gundam. Probably do Char's Counterattack sometime in the near future. And then we're probably gonna take an even longer break from Gundam. Until Hathaway starts getting yeah, into probably. our our territory, because we got We still got to get Tooch to see Unicorn. So yes. Because uh, I don't think Unicorn is going to be too important to Hathaway, but I'd like you to at least have it because that chronologically takes place between them. Same. Yeah, that's all I care about is the chronology. So who knows? Maybe if which is an arbitrary dumb thing. So but maybe, I who like knows? It. We might do the first Hathaway movie before Unicorn, but then we'll you'll have two more after that, and you've seen Unicorn and narrative between them. So. Worst case scenario, whatever. Because I want to, I want to do a Hathaway video as soon as we, can, uh, not video, a Hathaway episode as soon as we can. Yeah, yeah first, first look. look. 
And then we'll we'll probably do SDs on them, and then we'll do like we did for Origin when they're all done. We'll do a complete episode on like the trilogy. Uh, also, I wanted to do uh, at some point we're gonna be doing another Gaiden. I wanted to do um, genocidal organ because ninety percent of the crew that's working on that is gonna be working on Hathaway. Oh yeah. So I'm looking for, and even the art style is very similar. So I'm I'm looking forward to that. In the meantime, you can email us at metrospective at gmail.com. Uh, if we got anything wrong or incorrect, please uh, tell us with the subject, hey douchebag, and we will read it on the air. We'll read please. all emails on the air. We beg of you. Uh, we'll re- Until we have um. too many of them, but that will never happen. <laughs> uh, rate five on iTunes, even if you hate iTunes. Uh, make a burner account, give us five. Hell, you can even just say something as simple as Zeke Zeon or Damn You Buff Clan. Uh, yeah, and then follow us on Twitter at Mechatrospective. That's pretty much, if you don't have us subscribed on an RSS feed, that's your best bet to find out when we post things. And also, I just, like, uh, I, I retweet uh, fun mecha posts on there sometimes. Yeah! Some of, them from other, some of them from other mecha podcasts, which we are starting to, like... Like we are starting to find each other out there in the series of tubes that is the web. Do you have anything? Do you want to? Are we gonna? Do we have any plans to move forward on the Patreon? Or you want to? Are you still want to wait on that? Yeah, that's gonna be a minute. Uh, the, I got so much other stuff. At the very so least, not until next year. Going on. Probably not. Yeah, pro- that's probably more realistic. Cause like I, I would want to do this for like I would, I would want to do this for that long just to see where we're at with. Yeah, it. and to see like just if you there'd know, be even a, like a, you know that's... enough people to want to want to even do that. I mean, hey, tell tell us yeah. if you want us to do that, and we we'll see what we can do. It's up Absolutely. to you, fair listener. Uh, I, it was funny. Cause I was talking to a friend of mine who was in a who's in a band, and he was saying that even though they only had like two thousand like Facebook followers. They always said that, like, you never really know how big your fan base is just looking at numbers, because he was like, yeah, you might have, you know, only 200 people listen to my song, but that's, imagine 200 people in a room. And oh, yeah, I'm like, for sure. I, I think about um, that with my podcast. <clears throat> yeah, and it's also, it's less about numbers, it's more about loyalty. The super like the the super best friends let's players on YouTube like those guys had no like the, those guys had like have like one of the most like tight knit close communities you could ask for as a content creator online. They never hit a million subs before their channel yeah. shut down. And I honestly wouldn't even want to blow up that big um, ever. I, I would no. be ha- I would be happy being like sustainably niche. A couple mm-hmm. thousand fans that'd be nice. <laughs> Just like a, a few thou here and there, yeah, you I don't know. Need, I don't need to get into this million shit or this hundreds of thousands. That's that's too much. The, those numbers, those numbers are too big. Those are capitalist like numbers. I just want to talk about fucking robots and Bright's marriage. Yeah. I want to talk. Yeah, I want. I want to talk about how. I want to talk about how bright <laughs> bottoms. <laughs> I, 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 I I stand Mirayashiwa. You have You'll to. get to see her again in Charge Counterattack. Yes. Mirai Mirai is very recurring, more so than uh more so than fucking Sela. Uh yeah, so uh in the meantime, I cry at literally the entire cast of Zeta Gundam. Uh yeah, until until next time, you will see the I tears. I did. They, of they time. came straight out of my face, like you said. <laughs> All right.